Why are you here, like, Joe? Paul, <laughs> what is this? Is it a, is it a, uh, what, what do you put this under? Like, is it a, yeah, I know I've been, uh, I've been a little bit vague because I'm still trying, like, I just came up with this idea just a couple days ago, but it's something that we're trying to act on really quick. So what it is, is a virtual event. It's called CritterCon Live, and it's going to be on Saturday, May 2nd at 5 p.m. And what I did was I found four reptile educators because I know that we've all been affected in one way or another by this whole situation, by uh, the coronavirus. And quite frankly, reptile educators, they rely on doing shows in public places with large gatherings. So they have been essentially, you know, out of work this whole time while this whole situation is going on. And they're just getting uh, their shows canceled, you know, over and over again. People are reaching out and and canceling shows and we don't really know when they're going to be able to get back to doing shows. So, um, yeah, I just decided, hey, why don't we do a live stream? We will charge five dollars a ticket. That five dollars will be split you know, among the educators and these educators still need to feed their animals, you know, despite, despite not working, they still need to feed their animals and stuff like that. So, um, I'm just trying to help them out and it is going to be, um, actually a hundred minutes. So each educator is going to have a 20 minute, a 20 minute presentation where they're going to show you some crazy animals. Um, it's going to be catered for all ages and, you're going to get a lot of uh, reptiles, amphibians, and invertebrates. So they're going to be doing a 20-minute presentation followed by about 5 to 10 minutes of Q&A. So, and it's also going to be much like if you've ever seen our live podcast. It's going to be a live stream in a private uh, YouTube video type of situation. And we're going to be able to put comments and stuff up there. And uh, we're working on sponsors right now. And uh, so, yeah, so that's what I've been I've been working on. And... I look forward to, I mean, even if you guys don't have kids at home, even if you're just interested in reptiles or just want to support people in our community that they are educating the general public. I know probably all of us at some point remember, you know, a guy coming to our school and being impressed upon, you know, by this reptile educator. So uh, I think they have an important job to do and I would like to, uh, to keep them around basically and be able to uh, be able to help them out in this trying time. Some of us were that guy. Okay. So back like, going. Yeah. Oh, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> Does the uh, NPR audience know about that? No, and nor should they shut the uh, fuck up. <laughs> we have to delve into it now. Come on. No, we don't. Joe. No, we don't. <laughs> no, no, that we don't. Get for inviting Joe, me to your house. Fun. Anyway, let's I cut demand. him out. No, fuck you. I refuse. <laughs> Well, I can just hang up on you and call it Go ahead. Do it. I re- I'm not coming back. <laughs> you and Joe Rats. have a show. Oh, God. Outback Owen. Shut up. I don't like the ring of that. No, and it's, it, it's nice, isn't it? And it still, it still makes sense. No. He's still Outback Owen. No, it's not. No. No. Yeah. Australian. Oh. Animals. Come on. Oh. I was young and foolish, just out of college. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, well, it happens. You know, you just own it. You busted my stones on the last episode about my mullet. What the hell, man? <laughs> I, I, I want that to make a comeback. Mullets? <laughs> yeah, yours. Yes, yours. Just me. Okay. Yeah, just you. Well, back going. Well, <clears throat> back to the uh, 
uh, to your uh, thing, Joe. I think that's uh, it's an awesome idea. And to be honest, it's like something that I guess I didn't even think about in as yeah. far as like the whole reptile thing. I guess I usually think of people like that do it like I did it, where you just kind of volunteer and not realize that there's a lot of people out there that actually do it. That's as career a job, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I should I should probably mention who it is. I forgot to to mention yeah, who that. we're gonna have, and <laughs> yeah. they are. I mean, in my opinion, some of the best educators in the country. So we're going to have uh, Crosstown Exotics, which is Colin and Mike. If you've ever listened to the podcast, and uh, yep. they have animals that have been on a bunch of TV shows and stuff like that. They do like haunt attractions. They do all types of stuff, and uh, cool. and like hundreds of shows a year. Same with uh, Brandon Fowler of Roaming Reptiles. A lot of people have heard of him. And uh, Cole Black Exotics, it's another uh, Midwestern reptile educator who he's going to show, like, giant animals. He's going to have, um, you know, your big sulcatas, your your big constrictors and stuff like that, as well as monitors. And then we're going to have uh, Emily of Snake Discovery. Cool. That's awesome. It's a good lineup. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah, and it's cool just watching them all, you know, we have them in a group chat and they're trying to to line up to have all different kinds of animals and cover as much of a spectrum as possible and to keep everything entertaining because, uh, and and quite frankly, it's going to be 100 minutes and, you know, not every kid's going to be able to sit through that, but you're going to have access to the the stream uh, the whole time if you ever want to go back to it. So I think uh, I think $5 is fair for for at least a hundred minutes of content. Hell yeah. I definitely think so. I mean, like I'm, I'm waiting for you to drop the things is, uh, uh, I had to do a, uh, entire guided tour of my snake room for my nephew because he's bored to tears and wanted to see every single one. So I'm like five bucks to give my brother a hundred minutes of, of, uh, entertainment for his kids. I, I you know, I might be his favorite person. <laughs> like if I do that for him, <laughs> so yeah, I know. And it, that's a that's a cool thing about an event like this is it doesn't even have to necessarily be like a, a snake family or a snake person. I mean, this is something that, you know, they go to libraries and schools all the time. So just general public, um, anyone who has children would enjoy an event like this. Yeah. So totally. how do you how do you get a ticket to it? Is it like they have to contact you or? No, so tickets are available online uh, through Eventbrite, and Eric, I'll give you a, a link to that. And then also we have an event page on Facebook. Okay. Nice. What's it actually called, Willie? What's the event called? It is called CritterCon Live. Hmm. Very cool. Like I said, 100 minutes worth of entertainment. Why not? Exactly. And uh, we're also going to bring on some really cool sponsors and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, man, I really I really look forward to it. And, first of all, like, I really appreciate you guys allowing me to come on and talk about it. Yeah, man. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Yeah. Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. All right, welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio, and tonight we have Travis Johnson with us from Living Legless Reptiles. This show was already recorded Wait, I've once. Been here, I've been here before. <laughs> but, We've done uh, this. 
technology got in the way again. So we're going <laughs> to try to recreate, which the show was fabulous, by the way. So I hope that uh, we can re-deliver. It's a shame none of you will ever be able to listen to it. <laughs> yes. But I thought we had a great conversation. I don't know about you two guys, but I thought it was excellent. But, uh, <laughs> but we have Travis back, and we're going to be talking about his coastal projects, Coastal Carpet Python, some of his other Python stuff that he's working on, and then... Uh, yeah, we'll touch on some uh, locality boa stuff as well, but uh, but all good stuff. So, welcome Travis back to NPR. I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, I get to be a guest twice. Uh, I'm, yeah, like, I'm I mean, special. We, we do give pins after you've been on <laughs> three times, and then you get like a jacket if you've been on like eight times, and it's like there. There's like the Nick Mutton level. Um, I was gonna so, say. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say. What? What is Nick? Does Nick have like a golden album that he gets I mean, to put on the wall? Guy, I mean, mean, like... it's, a gold, it's a gold NPR logo. He gets to hang on his wall. Yeah. He's the only one who has it. Uh, yeah. You know, Artie is getting close. I mean, you know. Um, I have to watch what I say. Like certain certain people will message me, and be like, "Where's mine?" So, in which case, I will forward them directly to Eric. Anyway, but um, but Travis, um, normally when people are on for the first time, uh, which this is weird, um, we ask them the same uh, kind of questions. So, what kind of got you into reptiles? So, um, what uh, I got into reptiles, uh, I was actually scared of um snakes and stuff i grew up uh in love with exotic animals i mean going to the zoo and stuff but um uh snakes uh, snakes and lizards and things like that were were something that i was afraid of but up until i was um 14 i was uh i was playing music professionally in orange county running around uh playing shows uh, with a heavy metal band um and uh my guitarist had a ball python and uh you know i i'm this young kid with you know a bunch of older guys and um and i'm in a heavy metal band so like i couldn't be a wuss so i had to uh i had to hold the snake uh when he asked and um i immediately fell in love with it i started doing research um and uh by the time i hit 16 i was um I had my own, you know, snakes, uh, and was constantly going down to the local reptile shops. Um, and there was a, a reptile zoo that was just a private collection um, that uh, that we had locally as well. And I would go in there and pick the curator's brain for all hours of the the night. Um, and uh, eventually, I ended up working at at a reptile shop down there and at the zoo. Um, and so I was immediately thrust into, you know, ha keeping, you know, all kinds of different stuff. I mean, each, each place had, you know, roughly, you know, 200, 200 some odd, you know, animals in their collection from, you know, 20 foot Burmese pythons down to, you know, king snakes, corn snakes, bearded dragons, different types of monitors, iguanas. I mean, um, and so I kind of got to play with everything uh, mm -hmm. right away. Um, which is probably why my collection is so diverse now, because I just kind of instantly fell in love with a bunch of different species all at once. I mean, so, um, uh, and I certainly don't keep everything that I want to keep, um, but, uh, you know, um, it's slowly getting there. I mean, <laughs> it <laughs> takes slowly, time. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know, I've got, I'm married with two kids. I mean, um, and so not, uh, not everything gets to go to the reptile fund. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's, it's been a slow process, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're getting there. I mean, we have, (laughs) we got all all kinds of cool stuff. So, I mean, I'm not bored. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) that is true. Um, so what was it specifically, that drew, that that kind of drew you to Morelia, and why, when everybody else seems to be going jungle and other things like that, did you kind of nestle in with coastal? Coastals. Yeah. You know, I've I so to get into Morelia, I um, I saw a pet store um, carpet. I mean, um, you know, it was labeled a jungle, but uh, I mean, God only knows. Was, yeah, God only knows what it was. I mean. Um, but, and she was an adult, uh, or sub adult, I mean, um, and I got her and she was one of the first few snakes I got. I mean, she was, uh, I want to say, you know, somewhere in the sixth or seventh snake that I got in my collection. I mean, um, uh, and, um, I ended up actually breeding, um, I did a joint breeding project because I only had the female, um. I did a joint breeding project with uh, Brandon Wheeler of Morelia House, um, and he only had a male um, at the time, and uh, and so we did a clutch um, of kind of mutt carpets. That was our first breeding, um, and uh, it was actually my first, I mean, basically my first species that we ever I ever reproduced. Um, that and. Uh, boa constrictors were right there in the same year, back in 2007. So uh, I've been breeding now carpets, you know, off and on for what, almost 13 years. Um, nice. But uh, but I got I got out of it for a little bit. Unfortunately, that female passed away. She got egg bound um, mm-hmm. and ended up needing surgery, and then died shortly after the surgery. Um, and I, I was out of carpets for a couple of years. Um, and then, uh, I think it was 2011, um, that I called up, uh, Nick and I was like, here's my tax return. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, send me, send me some goodies. Um, and, uh, I, I got to, you know, handpick a bunch of different stuff. I got some jungles, some coastals, um, um, I got, uh, some brittle pythons, um, and a couple other odds and ends, but, uh, but yeah. And so as far as why I drew the coastals, I mean, um, it, it really was kind of right then, um, in that, you know, first like initial jump back into it. Um, I found, I happened to be living in Arizona and I found a, it was a big, oh, I mean, overly fed male uh, coastal carpet hmm. or pets. I mean, you know, it's pet store coastal carpet. But um, hmm. um, I found that in a, a reptile shop in Arizona when I was living there. And uh, I instantly, you know, just started thinking about, you know, my my first carpet and how much I loved um, working with carpets. Um hmm. It, at the zoo and at the reptile shops and stuff. And so um, 
I, I bought it. It was a Christmas present, early Christmas present to myself. I bought him. Um, he's still here today. He's my daughter's pet. I mean, he goes to all of our educational programs that we do locally. But, uh, but I mean, um, and then when I, uh, a part of that initial group that I got from Nick um, was uh, a caramel um, male and um two normal coastal females um and uh and then the jungles i got a pair of jungles i got a couple other things but um i just instantly fell in love with the coastals um i i've always been kind of an underdog kind of guy i always liked you know i always like what everybody I'll go to a Super Bowl, um, you know, party, and I'll root for whoever everybody else isn't rooting for, just because I can. <laughs> right. And like, everyone has fun. Get like, out of here, you. Yeah, are you? like I mean, <laughs> I've always been like that. I just kind of like the underdog, um, and uh, and there's there's so much potential to them that I think a lot of people, you know, people see the jungle, they see the bright, you know, yellow and. And, uh, and don't get me wrong. I mean, jungles are amazing animals. I mean, um, but, uh, but the coastal, the, just the, the little bit more earthy tones and, um, and they've got yellow in there. I mean, they've got great yellow in there. Um, and they have, there's so, there's so much variety with their pattern that, I mean, they're just, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're they're definitely easily my favorite, and then even above all of those things, um, one of my favorite things about coastals, and this sounds strange maybe, but in my experience, um, jungles are really sp- kind of spazzy. They they remind me of king snakes a lot, <laughs> right. um, and I mean they're f- flighty, you know. Uh, easy to turn around and bite you, that type of thing. Uh, and coastal seem to, now don't get me wrong, I have a couple that are, you know, jerks, but I mean, Assholes. Of, <laughs> of, yeah, I mean, of the group, um, it, it seems like most coastals, they get to kind of the age where it would actually hurt and they when they bite you. Uh, and and they just don't. They've got, they've built up some confidence and, um, and they're like, oh, you're not a predator. Like, I don't need to eat you or bite you or anything. I mean, they just seem more calm and relaxed. Um, uh, I don't know. I, it's just that's my experience anyway. Is that they, I like their personalities better. I mean, yeah. Um, like I said, not all of them are like that, but I mean, um, in fact, uh, somehow I seem to breed um, some really nasty ones sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Uh, Riley, uh, so Riley Jimison and Riley's reptiles. He's got one of my uh, females that I produced a while back, and uh, uh, he, his, her name's Chernobyl. Oh God! Yeah, like, and she's just like the devil incarnate. I mean, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've got a couple that are it, it, ironically from the same. Clutch. I don't know what what's going on there, but um, uh, ironically, though, that female that produced those animals are is a newer lineage. Um, it's a caramel lineage that we got in from. Um, well, I got it from Nick, but um, Nick got it in from uh, Paul Harris, and it's it's from what I understand cl- closer related to wild 
you know, coastals um, than most of anything that we have here in the U.S. I mean, um, so maybe that has something to do with it, where a lot of our American lineage has, you know, has been kind of domesticated over the years. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, I definitely have occasional ones that are the devil, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, awesome. that's kind of my thing with coastals. They're, they're just so much potential there that, I mean, I think, uh, I think people in the next, I mean, people are starting to figure it out, but I mean, um, I think in the next, you know, five to 10 years, I think coastals are going to be way higher up on the map than, than uh, they are now. I mean, yeah, I think you probably will always have your people that love the jungle carpets and that's the yeah. thing and what they mm-hmm. like. But, uh, I think more and more you're going to see the underdogs of the carpet python world get up there to where they, yeah. uh, whether it's coastals or poplins or inland stuff like that, you're going to see more attention drawn towards them. I think that the uh, coastals probably have the most variability. Um, so there's oh, a yeah. lot of ways you can go, yeah. you know? Um, when it comes to carpets, uh, they're like IJs. You can build projects off of one clutch. You can get like four or five projects if you really pay attention. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, each clutch that I I produce, I mean, um, it's it's impossible to try and pick holdbacks and stuff. It's like <laughs> it's like them all back. It's like, well, yeah, just, like just work uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, sometimes I really want to. I mean, especially. Uh, you know, once you give them some time, it seems like the ones that like stick around, like just for one reason or another, haven't sold for, for, you know, a decent amount of time. Um, uh, I'll start looking at them and go, man, God, that's cool. Like I might need to keep that. And I'm like, I don't need another one. And they're like, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, God yeah. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, I mean, it's easy to do. They're, they're so variable. I mean, so there and i think the the big reason why they're the underdog though is that they're they're put out there as the biggest carpets and and that yeah. i think shies a lot of people away from like oh i don't need you know i don't want some like 14 foot you know <laughs> face biter you know what i mean like um i'll just get a retick instead right? yeah <laughs> yeah i don't you know i I I've been to plenty of reptile shows and uh, you know I I'm not really sure how that works out like <laughs> but it does but it does uh, I'll have people walk right past my table and buy the retic next door you know and um, scratching my head uh, but um, because they told me that they didn't want something that got that big and then they got a retic so I don't know uh, <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> uh, that's okay, you know. I don't need them to be my customer anyway. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm good. You yeah, you're, I know that stupid. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that phone call. Like, how do I take care of this? So. Yeah, right. I tried feeding it eight times since I bought it from you, but it won't eat. Oh, that was God. three hours ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, don't get into <laughs> don't get into that story. We can't get into that story. <laughs> Well, well, all right. So, how big is your largest coastal? 
My biggest girls are are those ones I picked up in 2011, mm-hmm. um, and they hatched in you know June and July of 2011, and they're maybe seven feet. Okay. I mean they, and they're I mean and they're bigger than any of my other adult females. Like those were those were the girls that I had you know. Uh, before I kind of realized that, you know, a little smaller, a little leaner, a little, you know, lean and mean was, was a better way to go. Um, and, uh, I mean, and so those are by far my biggest girls. Um, uh, and they certainly don't even need to be that big. I mean, I've got, um, I've got, uh, animals right now that are, uh, you know, due to lay any day now and they're, I mean, nowhere near that size. I mean, um, so yeah, they're, I mean, but I mean, and they're, I mean, even then they're not the 14 foot monsters that you, you know, read about on mm-hmm. old reptile books and stuff like that. I mean, um, I don't, I'm not sure where that kind of info came from. I mean, well, it's like, they find one. They found one. Right. It just so like, happened to be a certain length. Like if Eric and I were writing a book on water pythons and we found that one yeah, that we, we found in the Darwin Botanical that. Gardens, right. we'd be like, they can, they, they, we'd be like, they can grow to 10 feet long. And like, that's not right. true. That right. one did. And it's not okay. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. Yeah, so I would have never imagined in my life that a water python could get ten feet long, but that thing was ten feet long because it yeah, was like I'm holding insane. it up in the air, and it's like oh. in half, and it's the size. It's, of and it's still touching the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Eric's about, three, Eric's about three feet tall too. So if we put Eric and Rob on top of each other, then we get still figure out exactly. Yeah. Still wasn't big enough. Yeah. So it's that's a huge water python. Yeah, yeah but that that's the thing. It's like if. Yeah, if you wrote that down, somehow people take that as law. Like it, it right. needs to get that big, just because it can. Like human beings, we there are humans on record that have been like what, nine foot, ten foot tall, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That we're not all going to be that tall. <laughs> like, right, right. Well, yeah, I think I think people have a a, a real problem with the correlation between. Um, you know, adult size and maximum size. I think right. people read a care sheet or read a book and, and they hear that, you know, you know, Oh, eight feet or, or nine feet. I mean, um, and then they, they're feeding that animal until they get eight or nine feet. And then they go, okay, it's an adult. It can breed now. And it's like, well, no, that's, it's I mean, kidneys are failing. <laughs> yeah. It's you've pushed it now past it's, you know, uh, I mean, you've, that's, you know, that's its maximum size. Like it maybe could genetically get that big, but, um, you know, it's going to take a long time for it to get that way. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, but I think that's species wide. I mean, we, we have a lot of newer people into the hobby. I mean, there's been, so, I mean, I've been doing this now. I've been into reptiles, I think about 16 years, um, maybe a little longer. And I mean, the, the difference, you know, from then and now, I mean, is huge as far as how many people are in the hobby and how, how much it's followed and that sort of thing. I mean, the internet kind of burst us out into the public eye a lot more. Um, 
And then obviously, you know, ball python mutations uh, helped as well with um, and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, it's, you know, 16 years ago, I was like the weird kid that, you know, I had pet reptiles, you know what I mean? Like, and now it's, you know, far much more the norm. I mean, you can buy, you know, a lot of these things from Petco and PetSmart. I mean, we got Petco selling blood pythons. I'm like, you know, (laughs) you don't need to be selling blood pythons, but I mean, you know, uh, that's, that's the more norm today than, um, you know, you have a lot of people coming into the hobby that are getting into ball pythons or they have, they just want, you know, a pet snake or two or a pet lizard or something. I mean, and that just, that really wasn't the norm back then. I mean, so I, and I think with that, it also, you know, it kind of feeds to just the lack of knowledge. I mean, it's not that these people aren't doing enough research maybe, but I mean, it's just that, you know, you're new and and it takes time to learn this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I certainly was no expert, you know, I mean, when I first got into the reptiles, I mean, um, right. I still don't consider myself an expert. I mean, uh, I think there's so much more you can always be learning. So, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, the, the, and even even if you're like somebody that just geeks out and reads books all the time and like, you know, you're constantly researching stuff on the Internet and everything, I still think like the hands on, you know, keeping, even if it's just keeping of snakes, um, you just learn so much that you oh, yeah. learn in a book, you know? And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That I mean, being working at the reptile zoo and at the reptile shops that I worked at, uh-huh. And then working with friends, you know, collections and stuff, you know, I mean, having that exposure to the live, you know, animal and being able to take care of it and see how it reacts to things and, and stuff like that to me is, was so much, I mean, that's more my style learning hands-on anyway, but I mean, um, I, it taught me so much more than I ever have read in a book. I mean, um, with anything about reptiles, I mean, not that books yeah. aren't great. I mean, there's there's oh, yeah. some great books out there. I mean, Absolutely. you definitely need to do both. I mean, but um, but yeah, the hands-on is. I mean, it's it's how you learn the fastest. Like, listen, you know, I have three clutches in the incubator right now, not including the rough scale. And years ago, that would have been. 90 eggs because I would have had the giant females that I had <laughs> drop 30 something eggs each and something like that. Right now I have 30 eggs and that seems like an okay number for me. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, I'm not going to go crazy with that. And it's, I don't have 32 of the same goddamn thing. Like, yeah, right. it's better. So, but you learn by realizing that what what you're doing is, incorrect or unfeasible or stupid right. and then yeah. you change it up yeah you know? yeah yeah i've done it a, a bunch of times i mean i'm learning now that i'm you know i have all these different species and even though i love all these different species you know unfortunately i i kind of give myself a handicap because i can only spend so much money on on reptiles and so you know, certain projects I have, you know, like I love all of pythons. I've loved all of pythons for a really long time, yeah. but I have one pair. I mean, that's, that's it. Like, 
Should I have one, more than one pair? Absolutely. If I want to guarantee that I'm, you know, successful in reproducing them on a regular basis, I need more than one pair. But do I have more than one pair? No, not yet. I mean, but I'm learning that that, you know, just because I have, you know, something doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be successful with it every year. I mean, right. um, you know, a, even my, you know, Argentine bows are a great example. I've been keeping and breeding Argentine bows for a long time. And, um, but I've had a dry spell. It, when I moved to this new house about four years ago, for some reason, there's something going on that I, I think, quite honestly, I'm just not getting it cool enough in my snake room. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've not been successful breeding Argentines. Um, and it's like, I've done this a bunch of times. <laughs> like, I, mean, I know what I'm doing, so I don't know what's going wrong. I mean, um, but, uh, you know, and I need more, you know, I mean, I need more Argentines to be more successful with them. I mean, um, because if something doesn't work out, it's like, well, I just have, you know, that pair or, I mean, I have more than a pair of Argentines, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what I'm getting at is just that, you know, there's, there's, there's always new stuff to learn. I mean, and, and sometimes you have to make mistakes and, you know, you learn that way. I mean, I learned a couple of years ago that you shouldn't pair more than one. If you want to keep good lineages, you don't pair more than one male to a female, regardless of whether you saw breeding activity or not. I had that oops, the one and only time I've ever done that. I paired <laughs> I paired my Exanthic coastal to a caramel coastal mm-hmm. um, and uh, didn't see any breeding activity. And I was really banking on, you know, having a clutch from that female. So um, so I pulled the Exanthic and I threw in a, my, my one of my caramel males um, and again, no breeding activity, and I'm just going, well, I guess she just didn't feel like it this year. And then I was, happened to be cleaning cages, I was waiting on a female below her to drop, um, and then all of a sudden I pulled, you know, pulled open her bin, and uh, she was sitting on a clutch of eggs, and I'm like, oh, crap. Mm, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but crap. Like... <laughs> And Ooh, shit, like you wouldn't do one of those, yeah, no, like right. just drift into it, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it's like, well, I, you know, I had to sell all of those babies as unlineaged, I mean, because I don't know who dad is. They're, it's for sure a purebred coastal carpet, I mean, right. but, you know, God I, only knows, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the, ba- the babies would have been caramels, um, or head exantics and um and it's like i have some babies that i think are head exantic i i genuinely believe that most or all the clutch was sired by the exantic but until i can prove it out i don't know i mean yeah i um, mean in those instances i'd rather scale down and then if you buy a pair and you breed them and you call me several years from now and you're like, dude, they were both heading Xanic. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. Like, I'd rather have that <laughs> right. than the right. phone call of I've right. read them and they're not. And it's like, okay. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. And that's what I did. I told everybody exactly what happened. I said, these aren't lineage. They're definitely pure. But, 
Um, you know, they could be head exanthic or they could just be normals uh, or they could be caramels. I mean, depending on what, you know, because I had caramels and normals from that clutch. And I kept, um, I kept a pair of caramels from that clutch that I plan to do some, um, pr try and prove those, uh, you know, both out. Um, uh, Riley has a female from that clutch. Um, so um, hopefully he can prove uh, her out maybe. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, the rest honestly went to mostly people that just wanted carpets as pets and didn't care that they had lineage or whether they were het for anything or anything like that. So, I mean, but, uh, and then of course my exanthic died of cancer later that year, mm. which sucked ass. Yeah, so, it does. So I, I'm out of the exanthic project <laughs> for now. Out of the ex out of the exanthic game for now, uh, but um, but yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So, what are your parents this year that you got going coastal? -wise? So this year I paired um, a pair of Rockhamptons. Nice. Um, a she's. Looking like she might be gravid. I, she's, I don't know. I, I seem to always get tricked, so I don't try and hold my breath. Uh, you know. <laughs> do you do you do I, what I do, where you're like, clearly you're gravid, and you pull it, and then like later they like just shrink nothing, down. You're like, yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, or vice versa. I go, no, there's no way that that's gravid, and then she's sitting on eggs. So she's sitting on the eggs, I, and he's on the other side of the cage, going, "Get me the hell out of here!" You're like, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know yet. Uh, I don't know what, um, what's gonna happen as far as this year. I, the only thing I have on the ground as far as eggs yet, are yeah. uh, I have a clutch of blood pythons. Um, okay. Um, get off! Get off our show! Get him! Get him out of here! <laughs> Cut it! I'll have a couple clutches of blood pythons this year. The uh, but but as far as coastal, so I paired a pair of Rockhamptons. Um, I paired a um, a caramel, a Michael Pinnell striped caramel to a caramel female. Um, I also paired that same male with a normal coastal female and then his kind of like hat, that caramel striped, um, and pin, I have a like eh, half brother, um, that's also striped caramel, um, that, uh, I paired him with, um, a, uh, normal coastal female, um, and then I also paired my high yellow um, male with my high yellow female, so, um, um, which is just a selective breeding project that I um, have been working on. It kind of popped out by accident um, in 2014. Uh, was it 14? No, 15. Um, I paired up uh, at the time I had this real nice caramel male that I paired up with um, one of my big normal coastal females and, um, and, and some of the babies just came out really, really high yellow. I mean, um, and, uh, and so I held, I held on to just a normal high yellow male. Um, I didn't, I didn't want the caramel in there. I wanted to just kind of see what, you know, what would happen with him. Um, 
And it, part of it was just kind of by accident, honestly. He he didn't sell for a long period of time, and then he then and he did, I mean he looked higher yellow, but I mean nothing like crazy at first. I mean, right. but then uh, all of a sudden, you know, he started you know every shed all the just in I mean ten times yellower each time. It, as and so he gets to a point where he's like almost looks like. I was joking around with people. I was posting them as pictures of jungle carpets. Mm. Um, <laughs> and just so high yellow that like um, people didn't believe me. They thought I was full of crap, like um, that it was a coastal. Um, and so, and Riley, uh, we were like cleaning. He was over here or something. And he, he goes, you're not going to sell that, are you? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't. Like, <laughs> no, see, again. You know, what Riley should have done has been like, how much you want for that? I'm going to send it to Owen. Like, right? so I'm going to make sure Riley and I have a discussion later about, you know, <laughs> when he sees a coastal, what he's supposed to do. Right. So, you know, yeah. but that's a kick ass project. And I mean, after, I mean, all those projects, all those clutches sound awesome. Can I just sign my COVID 19 stimulus check over to you and then <laughs> get the snakes? But, um, so. I mean, with your whole breeding scheme, I know you said you just moved into a new, a new place a couple of years ago. Um, did you kind of have to redo how you bred your carpet pythons, or they'd been able to just kind of ride right along with you? The carpets seemed to to flow uh, real naturally into you know how I I do things, and they didn't seem to be affected at all. I mean, um, nice. but. Um, but yeah, for boas, it's been it's been really weird. Um, I think um, I think it's a mixture of things. I think the boas, a part of it was just the move in general. I think, mm -hmm. even though, strangely enough, I only moved like two blocks. Um, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I didn't even. That, though that two blocks mattered. Okay? I, left, I left the snakes in their cages. Like I, <laughs> I mean, I taped the doors shut and. Put them in the U-Haul and, you know, um, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, two blocks. I mean, um, but uh, this house um, is far better insulated than my last house. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have a feeling that that has something to do with it is at night it, it has a hard time cooling off during the winter. Um, and if it, when it does cool, it spikes down. Um, and so that's not necessarily a good, you know, thing. Um, but, uh, and so I've been meaning to get an, a little portable AC unit in here to, to work that out. So I have more control over that, but you know, that's, uh, that's on my list of things to do, but, uh, but yeah, the boas for some reason, I just, I, I had a litter when I first moved in, um, mm -hmm. I had a litter that. Um, of long tail boas, uh, just days, I mean, weeks later after we moved in or something. Um, but they, she was already gravid. I mean, so it's not a lot of, you know, she didn't have much choice, but, um, they were already, coming. <laughs> they were coming. I mean, so, uh, but yeah, I've, I haven't been able to produce, um, also last year was our first long tail boa litter, um, in, uh, what, three years. Um, okay. and, uh, um, and I haven't produced Argentines, um, 
but like I said, I think that has a lot to do with the cooling. Um, and I think they're just a little slower on the game as far as like getting, you know, getting used to surroundings and things. So I mean, place, yeah. yeah, the new place, um, at this point, though, they better be over it because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of this crap. That's um, enough. Hey, you're yeah. gonna say that's fine. It's it's like how when Eric moved, he gave his shit a year off, and then they came back with like gangbusters. I, I mean, yeah. Uh, did you kind of notice that with? Or you haven't really? You said no, that I, one. Yeah. The carpets. The carpets were fine, and then mm. the boas. Um, but then again, I didn't. I did try in pre okay. so I don't know if that, like, I mean, I don't know if that messed with them or what, but they're, they have not been very cooperative. Um, but that being said, I'm crossing my fingers. I've got a couple Argentine boas that are looking very gravid. Nice. Um, and at least a long tail boa and potentially a Carl K boa that are looking gravid. So um, hopefully that we, we break the, the cycle this year um, with some with some cool boas, but uh, yeah, the carpets seem to do just fine. They uh, they didn't seem to have any effect on them. I've been I've been able to produce carpets every year since 2015 um, with no issues. I mean, um, cool. But. Uh, You'll, you'll have giant litters if they do end up going because they've taken so many years off. You're just going to be like, oh, God, there's too many boas. Like, Overwhelming just, number. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. I, I'm, you know, it's funny. You think big snake, big baby, or, you know, big, you know, big litters. And uh, I, most of my litters are rather small, but one of the smallest boas, the long tail boas I've worked with, um, I've had a litter of 28. Damn. Like this is like a four foot snake. Like, I mean, like shit. <laughs> you're thinking, how is it possible that that Where'd many they all babies? Fit? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I mean, I I figure her first litter, uh, you know, was like it was her first litter, twenty eight. Uh, I thought, eh, she'll have ten or something like. Um, and then you know, eleven came out, then twelve, then thirteen, and I'm like, okay, maybe she'll have fourteen. Like, and then 15, 16 came out. I'm like, oh, my God, okay. Like, yeah, the final count was 28. Like, mm. so, yeah. And they're like, a, it's like a ball python-sized boa constrictor. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm scratching my head. Like, uh. And they were big, healthy babies, too. Like, every one of them ate. You know, fuzzies uh, or almost hopper size right out of the bat. Like, I mean, so. Huh. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm really stoked on the coastals this year. The um, cool. I really the Michael Pinnell line stripe is is something that I'm really hoping that I get some good striping out of this year. I've unfortunately only had striped males um, to breed with different stuff. So, um, hopefully. I get, you know, a mixed bag as far as uh, what what hatches with with those guys. The the one mm-hmm. the one male uh, has now sired um, a couple clutches for me um, okay. over the last couple years, and uh, he it, it's like I said, it's like a mixed bag. I get, you know, a couple normals and a couple caramels, or you know, depending on what I bred it to, um, that are striping. Some of them have been really nicely striped. Um, um, 
but and then some of them are like you know not striped at all i mean uh, one female i ended i paired him i probably won't pair any stripe stuff to her again because it just seems consistent with just getting a lot of banding um you get like one really nice striped baby and then everything else is like heavily banded and i'm like <laughs> ah well that's yeah, not kind of yeah, where i wanted to go yeah. like, <laughs> but um but ironically, she's the mother of, if people don't know who Bad Eater is, Bad Eater is one of my high yellow uh, normal coastal females um, that hatched out um, back in 2016. Uh, just this, she's just very weird. Her pattern is very reminiscent of, of a Borneo Bad Eater, which, if people don't know what that is, is a, is a hybrid cross between uh, a retic and a Burmese python. Um, and it's just very reminiscent uh, of that um, that kind of weird pattern. Um, and she hatched out. And looking back at her lineage, um, her I want to say her grandmother or great grandmother uh, is very reminiscent of kind of the same look. Um, and uh, so I will I would really like to produce a male that looks like that. Um, and uh and try to go yeah try, try to make more yeah right yeah like try and make that kind of its own selective breeding project that i mean i'll also use her in the, the high yellow project just because she's you know incredible yellow yeah. um but uh but she also has that other kind of side of it that she's got this really unique look i mean um unfortunately of that weird clutch that i talked about earlier that we don't know who the dad is. Mm. I did produce a male that looks actually just like Bad Eater, um, but he he would looked like he was gonna be he was a head exantic is uh -huh. by my estimation. I mean, and if he did end up proving out to be head exantic, that's not the direction I wanted to go anyway. I really want her to be a part of that high yellow project um a lot. so i i made the decision to not hold that animal back uh, and i sold it off um but uh but yeah i mean i hope to to you know be able to reproduce that more consistently i mean um i think it's t entirely possible i mean it's it's in there you know what i mean it's in the genetics to to look like that potentially just I think it just needs a little more narrowing to, you know. Yeah, I think uh, I think what I dig about that snake is number one, the head pattern is yeah, is wild because you get yeah. like it's it's almost it's almost reminiscent of like the Rockhampton type of head pattern, right? Like the headstand, right? But it's got that um, like almost like it looks like a couple drops going down to like where the nose is at. And then it has in the eyes, like it has two black uh, stripes that go from like the the back of the back of the head to the front of the head. Right. That's wild, man. And they so, end they end right in the um, yeah, the like, front part of her labial, you know, pits. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Really so bad. what would you even plan to breed to her at some point? Like what what are you looking for a potential mate? Well, so, so this year I paired a normal, my normal high yellow male with mm -hmm. her um, just in hopes to, to produce some nice high yellow animals. Um, 
And um, I'm kind of hoping that the if that works out, um, then potentially she just kind of pops out one that looks like her. Um, <laughs> right. His, my other make more. <laughs> yeah, and it's a male. Um, my other option is is to use her mom. Um, her mom sat out this year. Uh, I gave her a rest this year, but she's because she's produced for me back to back the last three years. Um, but uh, next year I can try her mom again with with something potentially high yellow um, and see if I can't. Uh, but that's kind of it. Like I don't, I haven't seen anything that would be close enough to her to to say, yeah, you know what, that you know that would be a cool, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, what's, you know what pops into my mind is is that if you like really worked on maybe you could reduce the pattern a bit, you would almost mm-hmm. have a jag without the jag. jag. Yeah, jag without a jag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I could even maybe put, well, the, the, the Michael Pinnell line stripe stuff has got, it's got that big dorsal stripe. I don't know. Yeah, I they think it would overwhelm. Throw, they yeah. know, they've been known to throw yellows. I mean, my yeah. Michael Pennell stuff was yellow. And like, and, and I, I immediately saw that picture of Bad Eater and I'm like, Hycon. But I, there's, the, there's too many question marks in the Hycon line. So uh, if I were you, I'd just stick pure coastal and just try to see if you can get one or two pairings to throw more yellows and then just keep right. keep keep everybody together and if somebody if, posts up somewhere that they have a yellow coastal you know grill them <laughs> like just so where did you get it from my one, oh, go ahead what yeah go ahead, go ahead. no 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 oh well i was just gonna say that my one michael pinnell stripe male is really high yellow um and uh and so that's another possibility. I mean, he's, um, I've got a couple high yellow stuff that I could potentially pair it to, to just see kind of what happens. You know what I mean? Like, um, so we'll see, we'll see if this year even takes to this year would be her first year right. produced if she goes for me. So, um, we'll see. Um, I was going to ask you guys what you thought as far as like, you know, when you're breeding something like, you know, the Michael Pinnell stripe, right? And you're breeding it into an animal. Will you see a reduction in the pattern or will you just get that stripe where that pattern will move down to be like the side portals? And you know what I mean? I think you'd get whatever. I think you'd get some that do that and some that do the other thing, you know? Like like you guys have both bred Michael Pinnell stuff to caramels, right? Caramels is typically, you know, is abandoned and it's, it seems like it's a little bit difficult to get stripes into caramels. Um, because yeah. of the you know the tendency to throw banded animals, so like when you see animals that are like that, like what's happening with the pattern when you when you guys have produced, have you seen a reduction in like the overall pattern to where, you know like when you breed, uh, if you bred a tiger to a jag, it really reduces. Not only do you get the bald back, right, but you get those the where the the, the sides actually reduce too, like the side pattern as well. Have you have you seen anything like that? I mean, what I've seen is, as far as my experience, it, yeah. it's I still am getting a big mixed bag. When I do get some striped stuff, right? Yeah, it it is reducing. 
it reduces that the dorsal pattern, so it gives it that stripe. But then, a lot of the, at least my Michael Pinnell line stuff is is very busy on the sides. Yes. Um, and so you may be onto something as far as as it's pushing, you know, it's essentially kind of pushing that pattern down in a sense. And um, uh, but but then again, I mean, it's. I don't have enough stripe stuff to to say that's definitely what's happening or whatever. I mean, because because stripes are hard to to get essentially on a caramel because they're they're they do they uh, most caramels have a lot of banding. That's what their lineage is. I mean, so we're it's taken a long time to you know work away from that. Um, but and because I'm pairing. Michael Pinnell line stripe stuff males to essentially normal or caramel females. Um, I'm not getting a wide enough variety of stripe stuff to to really say. Right, you might like yes, that's one or two. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I produce uh, you know a couple that couple of you know a couple that are really nice stripe, and then you know a couple that are decently striped and or have like and then there's a couple that you know have like weird connections here and there but aren't necessarily what you would call striped and then you know there's the handful that look just very normal very banded i mean uh or very unique i mean i even have one that looks like a freaking brisbane that i hatched out this year uh, that it's like uh, it's a caramel, but it's like the Brisbane. If, if you made a, a caramel Brisbane, right. that's what this thing is. Like, mm. really? Yeah. Which it's one of those things that now that I'm talking about it, I'm going maybe, maybe I should keep. That. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, probably should, man. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if that just speaks to the potency of. Uh, the tiger gene, you know, because like you think about it, like I think when I think of M pen, when I think of striped caramels, I think of four right. people, right? I think of you, I think mm. of Travis, I think of mm. KJ, and I think of Nick Mutton, right? Right. And you guys have said, oh, I've heard from every single one of you now that it's hard to put a stripe into the into the into the caramel stuff. So, I mean, it's hard to it's hard for us normal humans, you who breed like the most banded animal in the world to one that kind of has a stripe. It's in you the get lineage, three, man. three perfectly striped animals, like <laughs> from the tip of their nose to the tip of their tail. And you're like, I don't know how I did it. Like, yeah, I do. It's Piss the lineage, me. man. You got to look, look at the animals <laughs> behind just the one you're looking at, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can throw it, but I'm just I'm just curious because, well, I, we'll see when Molly hatches out. We'll see how it affects with the red, you know, because I would imagine that they're going to be insanely striped, you know. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, dude, I was looking at my red. I have a uh, my red tiger female um, that I produced. Uh, she might go this year, right? And. Um, I, I bred her to. Well, we don't know yet, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, clutches. Oh, I mean, it, it, it's. I've had her. I had her in with um, 
one of my I had him with my one stripe male, my uh Peterson and you know, the red tiger, the 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 brother to the one that you have. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And uh then I found it by the way. Yep, that's I, well, one of my meanest carpets, man. That's the male I have is much nicer. Mean. The uh, the the other one is that I found out that I had um, the Russian red male, who wasn't really doing anything. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So I don't know yet. We'll figure that out. Um, but <laughs> if anything, uh, I'm looking at her and I'm like, God, she's pretty. Man, I'm like, why did I all of a sudden get a red project, like red projects all over the place? I'm like, oh man, if I could get one of Eric's, that, like that he produces this year, a really nice crisp red jack. I'm like, why do I need more of these animals? Like, yeah, it's it's bad. So dude, um, as soon as you see those red jags, they're hard to beat, especially when they're I babies. Do. Oh. Yeah, I know, I'm done. It's it's gonna be bad. I, I, I'm not holding on to any jags, man. I know Travis, you don't really work with Jags, right? You, you. No, I do not own a Jag. Um, is that wow. on purpose or is that? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely on purpose. Um, I've, I've been offered, you know, um, some incredible looking animals, um, and uh, and I turned them down. Um, it's, it, it, a part of it is is just frustration, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you think about so you know, 16 years ago, the the pinnacle of carpet python breeding was the jag, you know, carpet. I mean, that was that was the snake that everybody had to have, and nobody had the money for. I mean, um, right. And uh, and I pined for years. I wanted jags, jags, jags. Um, and then it started coming to light that they, you know, had neurological problems and. Um, and the super form was this dead leucistic, and um, and I just I, I I got turned off. I um, you know I really don't like working with stuff that has kind of chronic issues like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And um, I mean, because we breed, you know, uh, we deal with enough things that have you know some inbreeding depression here or there, or you know, or just weird stuff happens every year. I mean, I, you know, um, I wish I could put together, you know, a book of all the crazy stuff I've seen hatch out or not hatch out. Um, and really a, no attempt of, you know, to do anything crazy. I mean, I work with a lot of locality stuff and a lot of, you know, I don't really have a lot of morph anything, but I still have weird crazy you know things that projects yeah yeah well you cut open the egg and you're like how did that happen like i mean uh you know the brains on the wrong side of their skull and (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, i didn't think we were going there i thought we were going to be like impressive like you know you're talking to circus freaks yeah (laughs) you got circus freaks that hatch out or not you know or don't hatch out um i I have you gotten your first two-headed yet no, I don't have anything. It's, it's coming. It's coming. I, I've had I've had corns with I've had corn snakes with their brain on the wrong side of their skull. Oh my! I had God. I had uh, I've had stuff with like you know um, the I think the weirdest one honestly has been it was a bull snake a couple of years ago that um, I cut open the egg because everybody else hatched and and then what I found inside was the exact same size as the egg. Um, you know, and it was scaled 
And there was like one section that like had the, the belly scales and then the rest of the, the shape was, uh, was the dorsal, you know, small dorsal scales. Uh, but there was no anything else. There was no head. There was no body to speak of. It was the exact shape of the egg. Okay. Um, yeah. And there was no yolk inside either. So that maybe that was in the middle. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> Like, what? I and you know it's stupid me. I should have taken a picture because I like that's about the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, I mean stuff with you know tail kinks and uh, I had a boa uh, be all kinked to all get out. That was I mean um, I've had carpets that were uh, jungle carpets. Uh, I had um, that were just like so kinked that they, I mean, couldn't move. I mean, I had to euthanize them. I mean, uh, uh, and you know, it's, you deal with that enough of that stuff already that it's like, I don't, I don't want to reproduce, you know, something like a coastal and hat or I mean, a, not a coastal, um, something like a Jag and then like, and be expecting that kind of stuff. Right. Um, there's too many cool stuff out there. I mean, I have so many different species that I work with and want to work with. And then, you know, looks and selective breeding projects and mutations of those things um, that I, I just, I'd, I'd rather focus on that stuff and not deal with, you know, something that's going to have just chronic issues like that. Um, if it, It's one thing if it's something that maybe we could potentially kind of get away from, you know, something like the super zebra you know, um, tip of the tail issue, you know what I mean? Or something like that. I mean, or like the granite uh, stuff that's just needs to be right, right. with no eyeballs. Yeah. It's like, yeah. there's nothing wrong here. It's a, <laughs> oh God. Severely but that's inbred. something, yeah, they're just severely inbred. And it's like, you know, I mean, that's kind of stuff that you can kind of get away from. You you know, it. With, yeah. Yeah. But with Jags, it's like, you know, We've uh, I, Nick coined it perfectly. A jag has been bred with everything with a cloaca, and yeah. we, you know, <laughs> they're still jags. I mean, uh, who got the problems? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, so, so yeah, I don't, I don't work with jags. Um, I don't ever plan to. Um, I would like to maybe work towards making something. You know, like, like you said, you know work that one project that maybe I can produce something very reminiscent of a Jag that, you know, is just a, you know, selectively bred, you know, animal. Um, sure. Uh, I love how pretty Jags are, uh, but I've held a bunch of them and 99.9% .9 of everyone I've ever held. You could just feel in the way that they move that there was something wrong. Like there was just one screw loose. I mean, you know, um, yeah, the problem with the Jags is like you've, you, oh, and you can probably attest to this, is like having I probably could. worked with so many of them, right? Yeah. You have these ones that just are are normal. Perfectly fine. Like, but then. I don't want to say normal because they're never 100%. You know what I mean? No, and, you're right. right. Maybe their head is just tilted. A, like, it's not even so much that you would notice it, but the average person wouldn't notice that something's right. off about the snake, right? And like you have those and then you sort of have like this idea like, okay, it's not that bad. And then, then, it, and then something stresses the it out. Yeah. And yeah. you're just like, like 
I think the thing that really had me taken back is uh, I had uh, I wanted um, an albino jag from Paul Harris, and he sent me his breeder, his breeder male, one of his breeder male, and uh, when it came, you know, Nick kind of warned me that the thing was. What the hell's going on? <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Sorry, Travis is cleaning. <laughs> no, it, that was me. I I, uh, I got a freaking lizard that was going crazy in this in the cage right next to me, and so that, I that can't. was almost that's almost as good as when we had uh, what was it, Steve Katz on, and that like every once in a while. A tokay would like scream at him, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like what the hell is this? Yeah, like, yeah, it was. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. You, that thing came, and Nick warned me. He's like, "Dude, this thing is normal. jack, and yeah. it's produced many, many clutches of, of <laughs> so many of babies. carpets." And it came, and I was just like, "Wow, I, I, I gotta rethink this, man. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta. Oh, this is bad, you know." So. I get why, you know, people don't want to do it. And I think over time, I'm going to try to phase that out of my collection, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not that I'm against it or anything like that. I just, I'm, I'm kind of in the boat with you. Like when you hatch out, when you start to hatch out, especially with me, with all the pop ones, no issues at all, you know? It's right. Like everything is perfect. And you're just like, oh, this is great. And then you go to the next clutch and you're like... Oh no! <laughs> like, oh, no, 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 no. yeah. I mean, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I get they're they're gorgeous. I mean, and like I said, they were for years. They were something that, you know, they were the pinnacle of what I wanted. Um, but, yeah, it, that's just not something I want to mess with. I mean. It's the same reason why I wouldn't pair, you know, Motley, Motley to Motley boas, or right, in, or or anything like that. I mean, there's there's just certain animals that I just I choose not to have in my collection for for that reason. I mean, now the Motley to Motley isn't that work to where it comes out and it lives for a while and then it just deteriorates over time. Yeah, it, it's, um, I mean, I haven't personally seen it with my own eyes, but uh, in in talking to uh, a bunch of people that have produced uh, motleys uh, and super motleys, right. what happens with the super motley is, um, um, well, I, I can't speak on regular boa constrictor uh, motleys, um, but there's a form of motley in Argentine boas, there's two um, mutations in Argentine boa, T-positive um, and motley. And the motley gene is the exact same gene that's in um, uh, boa imperator, um, but it is it is a pure Argentine morph. Uh, they just happen to be found in both types of boa. Um, and what happens is the super motleys come out and they look basically like motleys. I mean, they... They don't really look all that different. Um, uh, maybe a little more reduction in pattern, or, or but um, and then they seem okay. Maybe they're finicky eaters, or they just look kind of sickly, or sometimes they look great. Um, and then they just, no matter what you feed them, over the course of you know a year or two, I mean. Um, they just start losing muscle tone and muscle mass and like just uh, 
by the time they hit three, if they lived that long, that they didn't just die spontaneously, um, they look like a 95-year-old wild-caught snake. I mean, right. and uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's obviously something drastically going wrong. <laughs> like, right. yeah, something's not right. <laughs> something's yeah. not right here, guys. Like, and uh and why, I mean, and I don't want to mess with that. You know, I mean, I don't, there's, there's plenty of cool stuff out there that I don't need to, re- and plenty of people reproduce all of that stuff too. So it's like, I certainly don't need to, to be the one, you know, doing it either. Um, so. Right. Is there any other of the morphs of coastal carpets that you, you know, would like to add or, you know? So I definitely want to get back into Exantics. Um, I really like, I, I think they make a very good Exantic. Um, um, and, uh, and so definitely want to get back into those guys. Um, uh, I want hypos like everybody else. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else on this call, except for Eric, who already has them. Uh, yeah. Except for Eric. Got, yeah. Uh, they're, um, they're so cool. Um, and so, yeah, hypo, I remember when Nick dropped the bomb uh, on the hypos and, um, uh, I was like, and God. then he's like, then he's like, don't tell anybody. I hate <laughs> like, it when he does that. I hate it. And... Wait, what? Like, what do you mean to don't tell anybody? Like, right. uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's worse here, Travis. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I talked to Eric. I'm like, so I might know something. And he's like, I might know something too. Do you know the same thing that I might know? Maybe. And then we kind of sit here for about five minutes in silence. And then silence. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. They're they're really neat. I definitely want to get hypos. I mean, um, I'd love to work with the hypo caramel project, you know, like Mm. work, work with those guys. And I'm, you know, uh, I'd love, um, I really want Brisbane's, um, that's on my bucket list for coastals. Um, I love Brisbane's, um, um, that locality has so many different looks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually probably the reason why I've held off on getting Brisbane's is I kind of, I really want to get kind of a specific look from them. Uh, and I don't just want something that is a Brisbane. I mean, I want, I want the real, uh, dark Browns, um, and, and kind of weird, like small modeling pattern in there, uh, with the, the real thick stripe down the the side. Um, and I almost, I almost like two weeks ago, almost called up Nick and bought a pair. And then I was on the phone with him the other day and, uh, and he's telling me that he sold out of all his Brisbane's. And I'm like, ah. So um, so I didn't buy them. <laughs> but, there's always uh, next year. Yeah, there's yeah. always next year. I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's producing Brisbane's uh, next year. Um, yeah. I could be wrong. Um, but I, I had a feeling that when we were talking the other day that he said that he wasn't going to produce any. Um, I could be wrong. We talked a lot about a lot of different stuff. So well, mine, uh, <laughs> mine, might be, mine might be ready to go by next year. So right on. I'll produce Brisbane's. Yeah, I, I think, 
I think uh, Brandon's producing some this year potentially as well. He's got. I think Just, he's waiting. I got to get off my ass and get um, Rockhamptons. I I love the Rockhamptons. Um, they're really really cool. Um, they. Uh, they're just, I don't know, they're just, they're very unique. I mean, um, the head pattern is really cool, their head stamp, mm-hmm. um, and uh, their they're just overall look. They're very different than any of the other coastal stuff that I have. Um, and, uh, and I mean, and the, the female's kind of like a food dropper, which, like, I, I notoriously hate snakes that do that to me um <laughs> and i still and i still love away. this snake um that's that's how much i like rock Hamptons. um i, I haven't so. sold it even though it annoys the hell out of me that tells me <laughs> yeah. how much i like it yeah yeah they're they're so cool they're just very different them brisbane's um i really want some cape york's um they're cool too. Um, yeah, yeah, they're really neat. Um, would you would you get every locality of coastal and just try to keep locality projects as well as your own kind of pure morph or line bred stuff? Yes, absolutely. And and I think I'm going to be moving that direction um, more so now that I'm starting to kind of phase out jungles. Um, I, I think I said this on the first show. Uh, I'm pretty sure Travis and I were either separated at birth or <laughs> somehow yeah. clones of each other because yeah. it's like he has the same backstory and all this other stuff. And it's just it's just that he picked the right kind of boa and I went wrong and, um, you know, all that <laughs> other stuff. So I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I – and, you know, it's funny that you say that is – because I mean I've been listening to you guys' show uh, I mean since the inception way back when and uh, we apologize for for season two three. <laughs> yeah and like um and, and I I felt the same way uh, way back then and I thought <laughs> I thought man this guy you know so it's funny that you say that <laughs> he's a lot like me yeah it's weird. Like me. yeah it's weird yeah. Um, but uh, no, but yeah, I would love to to work with you know all the different locality coastals and um, and be that that to be a big part of our you know carpet projects in general. Because like I said, I'm phasing out my jungles. Um, I have, uh, in fact, I mean, and I would be out of jungles if it wasn't for Nick. Um, you know, but uh, he uh, he called me up and talked me into keeping a pair so slow your roll let's not go for right yeah so it's a it's an ivory um an ivory male 100 ivory male to a uh super zebra pairing um and uh and so the obviously the end goal hopefully is to make um you know ivory ivory zebras and ivory super zebras um See, this is where you went wrong, man. You talked to Nick and not me. I got Ivory <laughs> Coastals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Uh, well, and, and see, and that'll be, you know, that'll be a selective breeding project. I mean, in itself, if you can, you know what I mean? Like, Hell yeah. um, the, uh, 
I, you know, it was funny. I was thinking about, because you and I were talking about this project a little bit earlier, like, uh, I'm really curious to see what, like, I mean, do you think that you're going to breed that to into Exantic and see where that kind of goes? Like, I, I, well, I'll have to send you the picture. So I have these other, um, other animals that came from Jason Balin, and they were from his um, yeah, uh, the, the Tiger Jag Sib to Tiger Jag Sib thing that he did. Okay. And what had happened is out pops these like bone white co- coastal carpets. And I'm, I'm just surprised that Jason hasn't done anything with that. I mean, I guess he has so many projects going on that he just, you know, is kind of like he, he took his side. Ooh. Side. Or he's doing it and he's just not telling you. He's lying. <laughs> well, that's very well possible. Very but true. I've talked to him multiple times about it, and I was like, "Dude, what are you doing, man? What are you? Why are you sleeping on this, man? You know?" And I'm like, "Well, right. I guess it's better you sleep on it." And I guess right. when you get to a point, like you figure that somebody else is going to go in a direct. Like I think he probably is going in a different direction, right? right. So. Um, yeah, I know he's focused on that. like the reds and the stuff like that. And he's really worked on that over the past couple of years. And like, you can only do so much. So I think he's right. probably banking on someone like me or somebody else following that out, you know? Um, right. But I have a striped animal that for the longest time I thought was a male and it turned out to be a female um, mm. that has that same type of color. Um, and then I have a, and then I have this one I call Akko, um, that is a female, and she almost looks like a gamma jag that is a coastal, uh, but it's white, not yellow. Wow. Um, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she, uh, I'm hoping to work that. And then I have a male that's from the Tiger Jag Sib, the Tiger Jag Sib that, that doesn't necessarily have the bone white, but my hope is that I can breed that male to those two females, the caramel I got from Owen, and then the caramel, uh, the, the other striped girl, and then try to produce offspring that maybe I can. You uh, produced some bone white carpet python off of something that I bred that I kind of <laughs> threw to you. I'm gonna be so mad at you. Like, I am gonna be so pissed off. No, you won't and be pissed because begrudgingly I'll take Come begrudgingly on. take my pair back to my house of shit that I produced. He's like, damn it. Hey, God, sure. give me these. <laughs> yeah, if I ever produce anything that's kind of up that alley, I'll give you a call. We'll. Uh... I, I'd be happy to send send it your way, and yeah. I think that would be a really cool project and then, for sure. Yeah, I think if you put it into Exantic, my my thought is this: is like I think of like uh, ball pythons, and like they used to do like pastel Exantics, and and uh-huh. if you look at that, I can't think of the guy. It's the guy that did the Stormtrooper, right? The Stormtrooper ball. Oh, pythons. right, right. But he works right. with exclusively Exantic projects in ball pythons, and like. Right. He has made some like amazing, like looking snakes. So it, you know, the potential there for the exanic gene to work in the thing, and just how it plays with other, you know, other uh, morphs and stuff like that. I guess you have right. to figure out. But um, yeah, man, the sky's the limit for that kind of well, stuff. Well, the thing is that yeah, when you absolutely. get when you get to the stripe and tiger jack stuff. Some of the original Tiger Jag or original Tiger stuff was this kind of khaki color white as they got older. It's when we bred all the tigers into 
all the Michael Pennells and all the other things and all the other types of stripes. And then also with the Jags is when you lose that bone white color and you just got yellow. So it's kind of like it's there. You just got to dig down and find it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but that would be cool. Another, another couple of cages and tubs that I will need to, you know, uh, (laughs) open up. It's never ending. It's uh, well, you know, it's like, like like we talked about, I got, I got four caramel Jag males and I'm like, all right, two of you are getting out of here this end of the season. So like, I'm going to figure all that when we're done, but I don't need all of you. So, and every once in a while, I got to move some stuff out. Yeah, you do. You know, I, I'm inching towards one of those big, you know, cycle downs where it's like, do I want to keep working with Darwin's? And like you said, how many jungle carpets do I need? So like, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, cause I don't, I don't like the jungle, all the jungles I've ever had. I didn't like their personality. Sure. Um, and so many other people are doing so many awesome yeah. things with jungles yeah. that it, to me, it, it's like, well, I want, I really enjoy all the coastal projects, um, and that's what I have more fun doing. And yeah. and it comes down to especially, I mean, that's kind of my game plan and how I work things is that I have so many different species that I like and, and what I work with and stuff that I have to kind of put these imaginary BS borders in into them to make it you know, functional for me. And Mm. it's like, okay, I can't have, you know, every type of carpet. I mean, every morph, every locality, every species, like I just can't like, I mean, (laughs) yes, Eric, you can. Other normal people can't like, I, I'm in the same boat with Travis. Yeah. I got one cage and either that one cage can be filled with another white lip or insert something else here. And that's just, that's what we got. So, I mean, I have more space. I mean, right. uh, I'm fortunate that I, I have more space right now. It's a, um, in this house is a, um, I, we upgraded the last place was just a little eight by 10 bedroom. And uh-huh. this, this house has a, the fourth bedroom is, uh, a single car garage that's just been converted into a bedroom. Ooh. Um, and so it's square or rectangular, just like a single car garage. It has the exact footprint of a single car garage, except on the, the short end where the door would be is there's a window. And then on the other opposite side of, of the short end is uh, they threw in a little closet. Um, and so I have the footprint of a, a single car garage. And I'm fortunate that uh, because I use mostly rack systems, um, that uh, and everything is stackable and that sort of thing. That uh, I actually do have, you know, still a little more space, um, uh, even with the two new racks that are coming uh, in the next few weeks. Um, I still have a little bit more room that I can still start squeezing some more stuff in. So, but still, I mean, um, uh, listen, you know, I have, listen, by September, you're going to be like, I'm out of space. Like, yeah, it's gonna you're, be like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're going to get to a point that I can't keep any more stuff. And it's like, like huh. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to work with stuff that I, I'm, you know, not super pumped about. I mean, um, yeah. I can't, I can't keep everything. And so, I mean, I definitely, uh, I've definitely been phasing out the jungles and stuff. Uh, the last, though, the, the, 
now that I'm down to that pair, um, um, you know, that's, that's probably it. I mean, I might, I obviously might keep a pair of, uh, ivory zebras, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, to raise up, but that's, that's pretty much all I want to do. Um, as far as the jungle project stuff, like everything else, there's so many other cool projects out there that people are doing that, uh, I'm going to leave it to them. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I'll do all the coastal stuff. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it I like, just sent you pictures of those two that you could, uh, this is something that okay. I think we kind of get away from. It's like, it's your collection. It's your project. If you're not jazzed about it, don't keep it. And right. also it's the, like, I, I'm my best customer. Like I'm sitting downstairs right. and I have, uh, I, I had a clutch of a, uh, Carmel Jack head exanic with a head exanic and I got 12 eggs and all of them were infertile, but two. So they slowly started, like, you know, they, they all appear to look good. And then right. as they're in the incubator for, like, an hour, you start seeing where you know what's going to go bad. So two of them are still hanging on. So now my problem is, is that, like, first off, my odds of getting the caramel exanic jag have been torpedoed. But, <laughs> yeah. but now it's the if I get one out of these two eggs, it's not leaving. Like, yeah, I mean, not, like, yeah, exactly. The clutch, right. the clutch has now no sale value. It's just for me. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, you know, it's like that. So, um, and then the other thing I didn't think about is I had a uh, Ted Thompson tiger cross with a caramel jag lay. So I'm sitting here complaining about that. I have like four, caramel jag males and i'm like ooh, there could be caramel tiger jags in there and caramel tigers i got it they better not be boys like because then it's like the (laughs) my heart is like breaking because i had to like part with these things so it's like yeah i don't know so it it, these are the decisions you have to make so yeah it is i mean uh i hatch stuff out that it's like you know i go uh yeah i i don't and, and of course, I'm notorious that I sell all kinds of holdback stuff. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I, someone hit, you know, someone hits me up and and you know, and begs and pleads, and it's like, well, you know, money is tight enough. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll sell it to you. Like, yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, notoriously, I don't hold back enough stuff. I mean, um, yeah. and that's across all species uh i mean um and then of course then you have people like riley or like andy um you know uh or some of these guys that they send you pictures of stuff that they torture yeah yeah and (laughs) you know you just you go to bed and weep because (laughs) (laughs) i should have never left my house right your wife's like what's wrong like nothing because it's crying nothing don't leave me alone (laughs) that'll teach you (laughs) like i still haven't learned my lesson all kinds of stuff is you know i um, i would rather it if i if i sold a holdback or gave away a holdback i prefer it for somebody like eric to have it because then i know yeah. where it is so like right. if i, if oh, I yeah, need it it's always my or, secret yes oh yeah, yeah if, absolutely. If, I, if i need it or if i'm like hey dude i have the perfect male for that female you doing anything with her this year 
No, yeah. cool. I'm going to drop the mail off of your house right. in like August so that he can do with the quarantine and stuff. But it's it's good to have these things nearby. And I prefer it to be at somebody like, like I said, like Eric's or Riley's, who's going to take pictures and be like, dude, this is the thing I got from Owen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell the people. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> right? it's when your best animal from that year goes to somebody and you never hear from them again. It's yeah. like, yeah. it just is gone into the ether. And it's like, God damn it. That one was pretty. I really hope something. Uh, yeah. No, I, I do that often. I mean, uh, of course, I mean, you know, you, you don't want to, um, I'm thinking to myself that potential customers are listening to this, Travis. I don't tell them anything. Um, but no, but it's true. You know what I mean? It's like my, I mean, my good friends and close friends, I mean, um, you know, yeah, you're going to, you know, you're going to get the animals that, you know, either are like a holdback or worthy of a holdback. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, if that's something that they're into and, and want, um, yeah, that's, that's where that stuff's going to go over, you know, somebody that just hits me up on Morph Market. I mean, um, you know, uh, with, with dollar sign, dollar sign, question mark. Yeah, it's like yeah. I yeah I mean, um, so yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's the, it, it pays to to you know keep your uh, and, yeah. yeah be your friend. I mean, yeah. um, but that's. I mean, that's the way of this industry. I mean, yeah. I mean. Um, you know, for we're a bunch years. of hobbyists slash friends. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, right. um, I was talking to somebody earlier today that, it, uh, you know, it was funny that they knew this person and that person and were connected in this way. And it, it's like, it is, it's, you know, you know, all, all us reptile guys or, you know, depending on what genre, you know, you, of, of reptile you work with or whatever. I mean, we all know each other. I mean, it's like, right. Uh, I mean, um, which is bad for people who go out and, and screw people because, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, uh, um, you're going to get plastered over everybody. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> every, by the end of the day, everybody's going to know. I mean, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that's the way that you want to do it, though, because, I mean, like you said, I mean, you need that animal or something like that. I definitely have animals in other people's collections that it's like, you know, if I absolutely needed to, I could call them up and be like, Hey, I need that back just for like a season. A season, please. Like, just need to borrow that. I'll give you, I'll give you half the babies. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I need that back. <laughs> I need you to either let, send it back or do what I want you to do with it. Yeah, like exactly. just one season. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm waiting for that. that point with me and Eric where I'm like, I'm like, just gonna call him and be like, listen, I swear to God, if you don't do this and this and this, I'm, I'm quitting the show. Like, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, listen, listen, this this ten years worth of getting close to him just to make sure I can get first call when Molly and V like lay the eggs. I mean, I promise you will get to first call. I will send God you the damn first right. picks. Damn right. First I pictures. will. <laughs> I forgot that I had that leverage this year. You know, you're talking about you and stuff like that. You I do. Like, I mean, you, I like, you oh, got shit. the, <laughs> you got the Molly and the V thing. I mean, that's going to be bad, but you know, you already got me on the hall. All you have to do is say hypos are coming Owen, And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, those are those are so cool. Can't wait for those. I think the hypos fall into what you were saying earlier about the caramels because I'll tell you what, man, they're like it's not that they're they're not feisty, they're not bitey, they're just difficult to handle. <laughs> Good. Oh, you know what I mean? Like like they don't they're not relaxed. You can tell that they're tense. You can tell they're that tense. they're like uh, you know, and it could be they, just my they, two, you know, but Right, grab onto things like my caramels. Like they'll be the first ones to be like, and tail over this, or hold on to this, and then you kind of get to kind of ease them off of it. Yeah, the gelatins have the same thing. Mm -hmm. The Cape Yorks have the same thing. I just equate. That's why I'm equating it to you know, uh, just being closer to a wild type. uh, Right. You know. Than uh, than anything else, but uh, they're jittery. They're jumpy. They haven't figured out shit yet. Yeah. It's not even. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not even like they. It's not like a scrub or something where it's like you're. You feel like you're about to get. You know, like burgers rage. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> with teeth. You know, um, it's not anything like that. It's it's more of. Um, I don't know. They just feel like, they're like they they can't figure out what they're crawling on. Like it's just like they're just like wait what is what is it? this doesn't feel right. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's not a tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scrubs just like to hug with their teeth. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they. That's how you know they love you. Exactly. It's all they. That's what they're trying to convey. <laughs> now, do you so. have difficulty working with all these various species in one room? How do you balance <laughs> that out, man? Yeah. It. I mean, it has its own set of challenges for sure. I mean, um, I. I kind of run everything the same in a sense. Uh, everybody gets. Um, a, I mean, uh, are thermostatically controlled to have a 90-degree hotspot, and then my ambient mm-hmm. is about 80. Um, I can spike at the heat of the day during the, the hottest days of summer. I might get up to, like, 85 in here as an ambient. Um, and, and everybody just kind of runs on that. Um, and then during the winter, kind of the same thing. Everybody kind of goes through the same program. Um, they get a night drop. Um, where I take it down to 70. Um, and uh, obviously the stuff that's lower you know, to the ground gets a little cooler, and those are certain species like brettles, pythons, and, and Argentine boas are mm-hmm. down there. Um, um, the only thing that's drastically different from that setup is that all of my colubrids that are going to breed that year um, – once they've gone, once we've wiped them out of food for a period of time, um, they get rolled out into the garage and they hibernate out there. Um, it's 55 degrees for 12 to 13 weeks, um, and then they roll back come springtime. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely difficult. I mean, well, and a great example is like the 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 um, like Brettles pythons is a good example. Is that mm-hmm. I. I haven't been successful with brettles pythons yet, and yet I've had a breedable pair for you know, um, well, I my big girls in the 2011. So, I mean, they've been breedable since what, like 2015 or so, like maybe 2016. I mean, um, and we're in 2020. I mean, uh, and I haven't had a successful brettles python clutch. Um, I just don't think it's getting cold enough for them to to snap that on. Um, now that being said, I do have a pair right now that seems like they're locking. Okay. Um, so, 
maybe uh, maybe I'll break the streak. Um, um, but you know, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff is hard. If if you have an outlier species that needs something a little different, um, you know, the colubrids are. I can cheat. I can take them out of the room. I mean, because mm-hmm. um, they they go to sleep for 13 weeks. I mean, um, but stuff where it's somewhere in the middle. Um, like the Argentine boas or long-tailed boas, uh, not long-tailed boas, the Argentine boas or the Brettles pythons, like I don't have a good option for that yet. Um, I think quite honestly, if I don't get, if I don't get litters this year and next year from both of those species, I think what's going to happen is they're going to go to like my bedroom mm-hmm. um, where it'll have a cooler evening uh, and I'd be more consistent uh, with with keeping it cool at night, but then having heat come on during the day um, and probably try something like that. In my past, I mean, I've produced Argentine boas, you know, plenty of times, um, and they've always been fine in the reptile room down in the bottom cages. Um, uh, in fact, I've even had weird experiences where, like, Three cages up, they don't breed, but then you move into the bottom, and I've got copulation that night. Um, Weird. Just, yeah, I mean, we're talking three, four feet, you know what I mean? But it was enough of a change for them to, to it, it, know, it, yeah. the light bulb, you know, to come on. Um, and uh, and for them to figure out, oh, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so, I don't know. This house, uh, I mean, this room... I might have to do something, you know, drastically different in a sense with with some of those outlier species. But so far, I mean, everything seems to work out. I mean, and granted, some of it is just, you know, the lack of compatibility. Um, you know, uh, some snakes don't just maybe maybe I've got a dud male here or there, and and that's why I haven't produced, you know, that species or something. And then. Um, unfortunately that, and this goes back to having such a diverse collection and not having, you know, copious amounts of money to throw at my reptile business. I mean, um, you know, I only have a pair of Maclots pythons, mm. or a pair of olive pythons. And, um, if I'm unsuccessful with that pair, uh, I don't have a backup option. You know, if it could be very possible that I just have a dud male, I mean, or I'm not doing something right. I mean, something's you know just not clicking with them for one reason or another. Right. Um, I mean, um, maybe that pair just doesn't like each other. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, um, and because I have no other option, I mean, I don't have another male. I don't have another female to try and you know, um, which I've experienced before. I've had species where you know. These two animals, for whatever reason, pair, 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 you know, nothing would happen. No locks, no nothing, no interest, no nothing. I mean, and then I would switched it up, and I put this male with a different female and that female with a diff- the other male, and then, you know, they were locking up, you know, a couple days later. And it's like, well, what the hell, guys? Like, um, From what I found in my experience, it's like I had a pair bred like they bred twice. And then I just couldn't get the male to have any interest in the female at all. And then I got oh, a younger, I got a younger male, chucked him in there, and they bred once. And then 
I got the Stonewash, who's a younger male, and threw him in there, and they bred with the female. And it's like it's almost like it, it's almost like the the adult male bread lies like, and they're still well within breeding age boys. They just right. lost interest. Right. And I'm like, whatever. So it, it seemed like thinner, younger males seem to just jump all over the girls. So I'm like, whatever, keep getting thinner, younger boys. It's fine. <laughs> it's Just easy. Buy a new one. <laughs> Get another one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I certainly have not unlocked all the secrets. I mean, um, uh, but I'll keep trying. Uh, you know, I mean, I love these species enough that they're not going to go anywhere. I mean, um, you know, I'll I'll keep kind of trying to tweak things to you know see what kind of success I get, and I definitely want to get more. I think that's one of my biggest things this year is um, is I want to get I need to get vastly ahead of my caging because I've got so much stuff growing up that I need <laughs> I need somewhere to put them, um, and then uh, I really want to get ahead of myself with some of those projects. And, you know, um, it seems like every year, you know, it's baby season and it's like, Oh man, I, you know, I want a pair of these or a pair of those or, and it's like, I really need to get some of these things nailed down of, of more of that species I already have as, you know, backup, you know, backup males and backup females. I mean, and start raising those animals up. So I have, so that I can be consistent. I mean, if anything has taught me this dry spell that I've had with Argentine boas, um, you know, I'm pretty popular for Argentine boas. People come to me almost on a weekly basis, you know, going, do you have any Argentine boas for sale? It'd be great to have some. And, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, you know, I only have, um, uh, I even had to borrow a male this year because I've got, I've only got two males and I've got four females. And it's mm. like, I mean, it's like, boas, boas, well, and boas don't stretch. Like they don't, <laughs> that's not a thing that they do. Um, boas have a really long warm up period. And I mean, warm up like uh, they got to preheat the turkey uh, before they stick it in the <laughs> oven. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the they, got, they, you, you know, a carpet or even a bull snake or, you know, a lot of the species I, you know, I breed. They're not it's like, ready to go right out of the cage. They're ready to go. You know what I mean? Like you, you throw a carpet python in a, in a cage and most of the time you're like within 24 to 48 hours, you've got locking going on. You know what I mean? Like um, if they're going to, I mean, um, you know, and boas, they, they don't, they'll, they chase that female around until the female says yes. And, uh, that can be weeks. Um, so you can't trust a male to, to go to any more than one female. Um, and so, you know, it's quite possible that I, I miss out on Argentine boa litters this year because I don't have enough males. I mean, or is it because like, he's not in like how, how I know with certain pythons, if the male is not with the female at the time she ovulates, Right. Like, like you could totally miss it just because 
Like I had one year where I was trying to breed one red tiger male to two females and I didn't get either female because he just happened to not be in the damn cage with the right one at the right time. Yeah. I've done that with bull snakes. I did that last year with bull snakes. I got, I was trying to, um, I was trying to pair a male with two different females. Um, and, uh, I missed the window of bull snakes. Bull snake breeding is at breakneck pace compared to boas and pythons. Oh, good. It, oh, it's it's <laughs> insane. Up, yeah, yeah, like my poor my poor cousin. I'm like, this is an easy project it, for you. Nope. It's <laughs> screw it's him. It's so it's so fast. If you blink, you've missed the window. I mean, they they uh, they shed right out of brumation, and then. Um, you pair them up, uh, you pair them up, you can pair them up a little bit before they have that first shed, but I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, they have that first shed, you you need to breed them like crazy. And then that next shed is prelay. And I mean, yeah. And then you have 11 days and then you're going to have eggs like, and it's over. Wait, 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 wait. Prelay and then eleven days. Yeah, you have eleven days before they lay their eggs. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, you. It, in fact, uh, so last year, um, unfortunately, my dad passed away uh, quite suddenly in uh, uh, January, and it was like right, you know, during uh, or just before breeding season for you know spring breeders and stuff, and. Um, it it threw me off because, like I said, bull snakes are so you know such a breakneck speed that I wasn't paying close enough attention to the the cycles, and so I'm pairing males, and then I come in and check on them, and the the female is laying eggs, <laughs> like, and the male's sitting over here going, "What the hell, dude? No, no, like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> like, what am I doing in here? Get me out of here!" Like, like, <laughs> And I'm like, oh crap! Like, I mean, uh, and so yeah, it. I mean, it. It's 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 that fast. I mean, yeah, I don't uh, I don't like. See, I don't like live bears. I don't like breakneck speed colubrids. Like this is, um, it's like I want to have time when I know that I'm screwed up. <laughs> like or live, or live bears are live bears have their own yeah their own sets of uh, you know. Um, frustrations because it, it is it it always seems to be at the most inopportune time for them to uh, give birth. Our I, I our say. only long tail boa litter that we had this year, well, 2019. Um, uh, she laid. Uh, we were we came home. We had like four days off or something. We were headed mm-hmm. off to Disneyland, um, and uh, I mean had this whole trip planned and all this and. Uh, and I just happened to come in. I wanted to make sure everybody had fresh water, you know. Um, and then in this bow is sitting there. Yeah, I smelled it. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> and, and so I did the waters real fast, and I opened the bin, and sure enough, she's laying there with all her babies. And I'm uh. like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> I have to, you know, you got to get her out. You got to get all the babies out. You got to set them all up in something. I mean, Otherwise, uh, she'll just roll over top of them, or yeah. be gone. Right. Um, yeah. Or the, yeah. The last, the last litter of Dominicans I had, 
Um, she, she had them when I wasn't here and I came home and there were four or five in there with her. And I'm like, well, I have no idea how many, cause last time she had a litter, there were 20 and there were four. And I'm like, well, this is bad. <laughs> and then I found one outside of the cage. I'm like, yep, it's been proven. They're here somewhere. They're so here. yeah, we never found any more, but God. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, it's an interesting challenge, no doubt. I mean, I had the same thing happen with uh, Pulse and I. Um, and I had a, a litter born earlier this year, and uh, and yeah, like they they came out of the the vent holes of the. Yeah. I I mean, I, it's mind boggling how something could be that small to to fit out of a vent hole, but it did. I mean, uh, um, I had a friend who had a rudu vipers, and oh god. They they gave they, they he had the slant front neodisha cages, right. and they had the babies and the babies scooted along through the gap and out. Oh my god! And he found them. We he found them in like the he had like a dehumidifier. He found them swimming in the dehumidifier tank. He found them hanging out like on and around other cages. Like it was bad. <laughs> like That's it was like bad. like as bad as like. Oh no, boas! Like no, no, these were baby Arudu vipers. <laughs> like, that's so. why I don't. That's why I don't work with venomous snakes. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> uh, I've got I've got little kids that that kind of that thing can't happen. Like, no. that's not not gonna happen. But I don't think about it. it's an adult cage. And the adult can't right. get out, but you never think about something a so baby. tiny like a baby. Like yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. Besides, I get I get enough crap from Dubia roaches getting loose in the house. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, every it. once in a while, you get one that somehow snuck out of a, and they're sneaking out of the lizard's cage. Like mm. it's not getting out of the the breeding bin. I mean, but you know, it gets away from one of the lizards and and somehow finds its way through the glass. You know, um, and. Uh, you know, and then the wife finds it, and uh, it's all bad. That's. <laughs> and, and does she know that's enough that you idea. can't be like that's clearly just a bug from outside? Like that's. Oh yeah, no, she knows yeah. what she's. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's no dummy. She knows exactly what it is. Uh... <laughs> so, uh, what what lizard species are are you working with? Um. So I have a pair of. Um, uh, bearded dragons, um, nice. and they, uh, and then I have a, uh, Australian water dragon. Um, and, uh, what do they like to keep? Uh, there's good things and bad things about them. I mean, um, they're really cool. Um, they're a species that I fell in love with back at the reptile shop that I worked at when I was younger. Um, there was, he had, uh, the the owner of the shop had um, basically shop pets. They were his pets, but they kept, he kept them at the shop. Mm. Um, and it was a a male and I think three females. Um, and uh, and they were just really cool lizards um, even back then. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the males get really you know much bigger than the females. Uh, they get, uh, but they're not like. Um, they're not like an iguana or anything like that. Right. I mean, um, right. but uh, but they are big. I mean, they're bigger than a bearded dragon. Um, 
they're semi-arboreal. They really are really good swimmers. Um, you kind of have to set up their cage to have like a bunch of arboreal stuff and then like a big water dish that they can soak in, um, mm-hmm. which is beneficial in some sense because most of the time they go to the bathroom in the water, right. um, which is kind of nice uh, that, I mean, their bedding lasts forever. I mean, <laughs> like, dump, out, dump out the water, clean it. You dump, yeah, you dump out yeah. the water dish and, and you know, um, but uh, yeah, they're really, really neat. I had a pair. Um, I didn't know for sure that they were a pair, um, but uh, the female kept kind of kicking the male's butt and he was really having a hard time uh, eating um, consistently. And, uh, and so I had to separate them. And because I don't have uh, another cage to separate them, I ended up calling up uh, my buddy Scott and uh, he had, he already had a pair and had room to take a, a, an additional animal. Um, and I sent him the female. And then like a couple of weeks later, he sends me a picture of an infertile clutch of eggs that she laid. And I'm like, well, that answers that question. That's uh, Yeah. Well, now we know. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, they're, I mean, they're young. I mean, they're just reaching, you know, sexual maturity right now. Um, my male is awesome though. Um, he, he, they're nervous. I mean, they're not like they're not like the bearded dragon that you can just reach in and throw them up on your shoulder. And I mean, the other day I had the bearded dragons out on my shoulder. We were walking around the front yard getting sun. I mean, um, and he's not there yet, but we're working on him. Um, he's just a little nervous. He, um, his first instinct that when you pick him up is he wants to crap all over you, <laughs> uh, and which is, I mean, pretty normal. I mean. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, they're they're super neat. They're like the coastal carpet of uh, Australian lizards. I mean, they're they're pretty rare. You don't see them very often. I mean, um, maybe a little more earthy tone than. Uh, but they're the males especially that they have this white. I mean, all the white in their face and these big black bands for their eyes and this bright red belly uh, that the males get. Um, is impressive, awesome. man. So they're neat. I I definitely want to breed them in the future, um, but right now I just I don't. I have so many other things that I I'm working on, but <laughs> right. <laughs> I well, and that One was kind of my thing. Is I, I had a pair. I mean, I yeah. uh, and but because my male wasn't doing super hot, it's like. You know what? It's better. I can. I gave him to. I mean, Scott's a very good friend of mine. So, I mean, um, if I ever needed to buy it back um, or borrow it or whatever, I mean, we could work something out. Um, so, uh, I wanted. That was the only way I was going to let it go. I mean, um, and so, yeah. you know, because I just don't have the two separate cages for him right now. That was the you know, the easiest thing to do is to, um, you know, separate them somehow. So, but they're awesome. I highly recommend them. They're, they're a species that I think people, more people need to get into. I mean, you just have to break them just like a baby carpet. You have to break them of their nervousness. And then once they're over that, they're awesome. The big, the big male that we had at the the reptile shop I worked at, you could lay him on his back and like rub his belly, and he just like lay there and hang out with you. Like, that's I mean, awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. I mean, and they're big enough to be very impressive. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, um, not that a bearded dragon can't be 
mildly impressive, but I mean, sure. they're relatively small in comparison. You know what I mean? So I don't know, but, man, there, there's several lizards that I didn't realize they're as big as you like, like I, I always thought I knew how big a frill, a frilly was until I saw one. Then I'm like, dear God, that is massive. They, so, they can get big. They, yeah. especially the, especially the Australian ones. And, yeah. um, we had, we had at the reptile zoo that I worked at, we had a pair of, uh, uh, Indonesians and, uh, th that's a species of lizard. I definitely want to get at some point when I have the space is, um, we had a pair and they were in this huge, you know, like four by four by four exhibit. Um, and, uh, you could take both of them out, put them both on my shoulder, one on each shoulder and, and walk around the zoo and like feed snakes and clean cages and stuff. And they just hang out like, they were, cool. they were such cool lizards. I mean, they went to all of our educational programs and stuff like that. And I mean, um, they're, they're another one. That's just an absolutely awesome lizard. I just, I'm not set up for lizards right now. So yeah. it's, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's something that has to be, because even my daughter, she's asked me to, to breed bearded dragons. And it's like, you know, I don't, I don't, we don't have the setup to do it. I mean, you need, you need different bins for the different size, you know, cause you get a clutch here and then you get a clutch there. You can't keep them together. I mean, unless they're relatively the same size, um, because they're going to be picking on each other. I mean, mm -hmm. um, and you can't possibly provide, you know, a separate tub with a separate UV light and a separate, like, it's not like a snake. I mean, you got, I mean, snakes, you could have a rack full of, you know, 60 or 70 snakes. And, um, you know, you're not using up very much space. Uh, and lizards, that's a whole different ballgame. I mean. Yeah. You, they, and they need it, too. Yeah. You know. They require bugs. <laughs> yeah. Bugs, meat. I mean, like, if you Daily want to get into the big monitors, like, oh, yeah. It, nah. Yeah. And I've done all that. I used to have black throat monitors. Uh, I don't know. I had an adult pair years ago, um, and I definitely regret selling them. But in the same breath, uh, at the current, at that time, uh, my one pair of monitors could eat the same amount as yep. my entire collection of yep. snakes. <laughs> it was uh, like uh, my friend bred blackthroats, and he, like, we'd both buy the same pack of like ten XL rats. And yep. like those would feed my entire collection. He's like, "Well, my bag's empty." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Oh, I had to feed like four of them." I'm like, "Jesus!" <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah, you know. And they're they're so cool as babies, but because um, I hatched two clutches of black throats and I no, it was, remember it was like, that it was two clutches of white and then one clutch of blacks. Yeah, they're they're cool as babies, but then after they get to a certain point where you're like, all right, everything is filthy. Get out. Like I'm, I'm, ex I'm excited. <laughs> that was fun. Leave now. And then it's, you know, they're cool to play with, but they, they were so much fun to play with. I had yeah. my, my female, um, my female was so cool. She would, um, she would, she figured out how to break out of her cage. <laughs> this, is, this is before I had kids, but, um, um, uh, my wife can attest to this. We were dating and this big, huge four and a half foot female blackthroat would break out of her cage and then just go roam around the house like a dog. I mean, <laughs> and, uh, 
most of the time she found this we had this big bay body window uh, that was six foot tall by you know about four and a half feet long uh, and it got like direct sun most of the day it just faced the right direction and uh and nine times out of ten you would find her laying on the windowsill of that that is fantastic. Um, because you wanted, you know, apparently the 120 plus degree no. <laughs> UV heat light that I provided for her was not enough. And direct direct sunlight um, from the outside world apparently was what she absolutely needed. Um, That's but yeah, I mean, they were, I mean, so cool. Um, they'd come up, she would come up, crawl up your leg and, and sit on your lap while you're watching TV. I mean... Um, cool. she, she was a sweetheart. I mean, I definitely regret selling them, but like I said, I mean, the amount of space that, you know, just one requires and the amount of food that you're pouring down them. I mean, yeah, it, it's a lot. I mean, yeah, it is. So, well, Travis, this has been awesome, but we're going to go hit on the closing questions. Now that you've had one round to prepare for the closing questions, as well as years <laughs> of listening to the show, we'll see if these are a little bit easier on you than they were last time. Um, probably, so, not. No, probably not. <laughs> so uh, well, the first one is um, if you could have any animal – whether uh, with not having to be restrained by things like legality or price, what would it be and why? Uh, I am going to cheat and use my answers that I already said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to channel my inner. Uh, no, I think uh, I think what we we happened to talk about last time was, as I said, perennial monitors. I mean, yeah, um, to me. To, to me, uh, that would be something. I mean, I would love black throats again, and and a couple other different monitor species. But perennies uh, come to mind because I think of as far as the legality stuff is is that we don't have, at least not to the to my knowledge, uh, any captive you know uh, or private collections anyway of of perennies here in the U.S. And so it's something like that. Uh, intrigues me more so than than maybe something that I could get imported. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, but I they're, they're such more, cool. There are more lace monitors in private hands, and there are more Komodo dragons in zoo hands than there are perenni monitors. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, like, I know. I'm I'm almost slightly disappointed when I go to a zoo and they've got a Komodo. It's like, well, everybody's got a Komodo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's other shit. Yeah, there's other cool stuff, guys. Like, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, piranhas are so cool. I mean, they're they're massive and super smart. And I think, I mean, monitors monitors in general are super smart. But I mean, piranhas just have something else going on. It seems and um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say I'd, I would love a, a pair of perennies. Yeah. They, that we, we saw the one at Crocosaurus, Eric, and that thing was gorgeous. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm up against that glass, like licking it. Like I'm like, Oh, that, that thing was just, they're, they're, they're the, because the, they kind of have that like Jaguar big pattern. Like they're so cool. So um, I agree with you on that one. Um, so the next question is, uh, 
if you could go herping anywhere in the world, uh, where would you want to go and what would you be hoping to find? Well, I mean, let's face it. I want to go to Australia. Um, yeah, given. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, um, you know, I, I really would love to go see. Um, I can kind of vicariously live through uh, some, you know, a lot of my other friends that have gone to Australia and even you guys, you know, that I can watch your stuff. Um, I really want to go uh, somewhere like uh, South America. I would love to see Argentine boas in the wild um, yeah. and maybe long tail boas, you know, some of that stuff that, um, you know, hasn't really been well photographically documented. I mean, um, and see, what it's like there and, and how they're living. Um, I think that that would be my, my ultimate like bucket list place to go is to see an Argentine boa out in the wild. Yeah, that would be cool. All right. And then I guess the other thing is, um, um, what would you be adding to your collection this year? I know you talked about a couple of projects, but what's that one animal you're going to try to chase down this year? Oh wow! You know, and I, I'm trying to be good this year, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to focus on caging and getting some animals of, of you know, to for backups and 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 things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, if uh, if I could potentially get uh, maybe indigos or kribos would be a really cool if I if I just, if I went really early and just said you know what screw it I, yeah you know um, that I think that would be I don't know I don't know how you have uh, you've talked you've spoken to Riley more than I have and oh, yeah. like three conversations with the guy and I have Madagascar hogs and Kribo how have you lasted <laughs> this long oh and those Kribos have been in my house I, I, mean, there you go. Like, like, I, I don't know why like, I don't know why when he was leaving you were like no no no, no. these stay here <laughs> like, oh, it was like, <laughs> don't get me wrong I, I tried to fit his female in my pocket it just didn't work <laughs> uh, I mean the, uh, yeah I mean he so he used to live in Santa Barbara, and when we had all those fires a couple of years yeah. back, uh, he actually evacuated from Santa Barbara up to my house, and uh, and um, yeah, I got to play with all of that stuff. Not that I haven't been to his house a bunch of times anyway, and playing with that stuff, but yeah, it was in my house. I was, uh, uh, in fact, I was making scrambled eggs for his Savannah monitor, uh, you know, a couple mornings and. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, those Kribos are fantastic. And then, of course, my buddy Brian Cusco is down yeah. the street. He's got indigos. Um, and so every time I go over there, I'm drooling into his, you know, tub. I mean, um, but they just haven't been. It's funny, right when I had the, the money and I was ready to buy Blacktail Kribos, uh, all of a sudden the, the clean, uh, there's like a, what, Black Pearl Reptiles calls yes. like, the clean line. Yes. Well, that was the year. That was the year that all of a sudden they found out they they had exanthics in that clean line. Yeah, and that went and up so instantly. Instantly, everything's price doubled. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, oh, like 
I was ready. I mean, I had the money set aside and everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, the exam thing, thing popped up and it was like, oh, yeah, they're way more money now. And I'm like, oh, like. Well, we have to call that guy and get him on. <laughs> Just like, I forgot yeah. I was supposed to do that. He's a really, so. he's a really nice guy. I've, I've yeah. had the pleasure of chatting with him a couple times at shows and stuff. He's a really cool oh. dude. But, but yeah, I mean, um, so and then Indigos, I mean, I, you know, that's that's a different, that, that's a horse that's of a, a different color. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, I basically only have reptile money. <laughs> for more reptile money, you know what right. I mean? And so it's like, if I don't, it, and it, it's like, well, I could buy, you know, a new rack system that I need, or or I could buy like five or six pairs of this, you know, species that or, I want, or, uh, or I could buy an indigo. Like, uh, so I mean, you could buy one indigo. Yeah, I it's get, hard. Yeah. So indigos have eluded me. That was olives were kind of the same way. I mean, um, you know, they, they uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I wanted olives for years. And I'm like, oh, man, I just I didn't have, you know, you know, 800 or 900 bucks to drop on a mm-hmm. pair of olive pythons. I mean, especially because everyone in the world that I trust, you know, goes, you need more than a pair. Like you, you, you need yeah, more than a pair. Annoying. Like, yeah. I'm like, well, I don't have enough for more than a pair. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. like, and then, and then albinos pop out, and then I'm like, okay, I really gotta uh, get a, a pair. I mean, because um, they make a, a pretty damn good albino. I mean, uh, yeah. And uh, so, yeah. And then Nick, Nick was the the final, uh, you know, straw that broke the camel's back. He was like, I, 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 we were talking about him or something, and he was like. He was like, "Yeah, you need you need these." Like, yeah, you, I hate it when he just, does that. Just send me the money. Huh? <laughs> I hate it okay. when he does that. And okay. When, he does the, when you call him to order something, he goes, "And what else can I send you?" And you're like, <laughs> "I don't know." <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> he sends me a yeah. message today. And you have cage like, space for these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he sends me a message today, and he's like, "Hey, I saw that picture of the super zebra." He says, "Can you send that to me?" You know, because because he's looking for no. pictures in the book. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, oh, sure. picture in the... yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm trying to cut back on some adults. So I got a lot of adults I'm trying to. Like what? To, to <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, uh, stuff you might. He's like, are you looking for anything? And I'm like, oh, no, this always. I'm always, always, <laughs> never, looking, always, never goes always good. Looking. So how many adults did you buy, Eric? Several? I didn't even call him. I said, look, man, I'm so busy at work right now. I'll call you this weekend. You know, we'll catch up. Cause oh, so he, it's good. He's okay. So now he's getting pictures of him right now. He's laying the trap. Oh, yeah, he's getting ready. Oh, man. he's getting ready. Yeah. Okay. Cause he, good. he probably knows my collection just as well as you know, my, of course he does. You know what I mean? Cause he pretty much sold everything that's in it. He's, he, he's got a folder through him or came from him, you know? So yeah, well, like, that's, that's me too. He, yeah. he produced, you know, he basically produced everything in here. I mean, as far as the carpet stuff, you know, and yeah. it's like, he does. He, you need one of these. Yeah, shit. Yeah, I know yeah, I, I do. do. <laughs> uh, and I didn't know I needed these, but he told me that I needed and these. And I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he tells you it makes so much sense. You're just like. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't fight it. It's, it's, I mean, he makes perfect logical sense. I mean, it was my favorite. Th- I called him for an Exanic Jaguar. 
and I left with a Exanic Jaguar, a head Exanic, and an albino. I'm like, where'd the albino come from? It's like, yeah. So, yeah, that's why I'm like, stop calling him. So, anyways, Travis, uh, this has been awesome, even though it's for the second time. Right. And uh, we, uh, we're, we're going to have you back on, but we're going to give you some time, like maybe yeah. a couple well, what months. What you doing next Thursday? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> back on? You just want to be the recurring Thursday guest? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesus. We'll just make it a third host. You know? Yeah, why not? <laughs> in. Just like we do with Riley. We're Thursday just like, Riley, you work. <laughs> Riley, you work for us now. Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, um, but no, no I, this has been awesome, and I love this kind of stuff, this kind of talk. Yeah. No, I I really appreciate it. I mean, like I said, I've listened to you guys for, for a long time, and really respect what you guys do and and uh, and it's it's honestly it's it's a huge honor to to be on the show i mean um you know i i don't necessarily always think very highly of myself <laughs> like <laughs> like uh i'm and to me i'm just some you know crazy guy with a you know room full of snakes i mean um and so uh wait, wait, it, it's an honor Dude, how do we think watch. we feel? <laughs> yeah, right? right. But I mean, I, I say this all the time. Right. <laughs> when, <laughs> when someone, you know, when when guys like you or or you know Riley and his show, uh, you know, call me up and be like, "Oh man, we really want you as a guest." It's like, well, I've I've been listening to you guys, you know, have these amazing guests for years. I mean, years and years, and it's like I don't see myself as that kind of caliber. Like, uh, so it's, I mean, it, it's. It's an honor to uh, to be asked for sure. I appreciate it. Totally, we'll have you uh, jump well, you back on. You are that kind of caliber, man. It yeah. Took, it took us a while to get around to. It's like one of those things. I'm like, I was telling you this the, when we did the first one. I'm like, I was telling Riley too. I'm like, how have we not have? I, I guess every time you've been on podcast, it's always been, you know, people are focused on bull snakes and stuff like that. Because I it's yeah, I get yeah, bull snakes. Uh, I've done. I've done a lot of like uh, YouTube videos with Brian, and mm-hmm. we've kind of touched on all sorts of different species. I mean, right. Um, and then I was yeah, like, I mean, one day just by just by I don't know, I was like going around, and I'm like, I was like, look at all these cool carpets. Well, wait a minute, I'm like, oh, wait, why haven't we had Travis <laughs> on? Like, yeah. Oh, and he's in the coastal carpets. Why have we not had him on? I don't understand. This is yeah. total failure on the NPR crew. We uh, fixed it. <laughs> Yeah. But we had you on twice in two weeks. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Twice in we have three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, uh, you've now moved into the appeared on the show twice club mm-hmm. with like, you know, not even really trying that hard. I so. snuck in. I yeah, snuck in that was the back door open. Yeah, I mean, uh, was it Brian's only been on once, so you're already up on top of him now. So um <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, it was a blast, awesome. man. Uh no, totally. it was a blast. I uh I always like, uh, you know, shooting the breeze and talking snakes. So anytime you guys ever want to, uh, are bored and have nothing to talk about, I'm happy to help out. <laughs> Sweet. Definitely. So uh, we'll catch up with you a little bit later on down the road, and we promise we will not make you come back on uh, in, like, three days. So, yeah. yeah. Get, I, you know, I'm cool with it. I could talk for hours about snakes. It's it's my wife that goes. I know. No, it's... You're gonna have a three-hour conversation with those guys again. again? Like, <laughs> oh, 
can't leave you. Like, we were like, it is, happened and it broke and I got to do it again. It's yeah. like, yeah. What? We'll see. The guy that runs the show is kind of a knucklehead. He's just done. Yeah, kind of... I don't know what it is. The one just... dude doesn't push any buttons, and then the other one has to do all Push the button pushing. Buttons. Yeah, it just yeah, it doesn't work. Right. So uh, that's okay. I I'm happy to come back, and I'm glad that it came out so naturally and wasn't like I was definitely worried that I was gonna go. Well, like I said before, or like I was talking about, <laughs> like. <Yeah. laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, that, that worked out well. <laughs> so. yeah, it worked out good. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks for having me on, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get you later. All right, man. Awesome, Travis. Thanks. All right. Uh, for us, info at com is our email. Um, and uh, our website is moreliapythonradio.net. Um, net, 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 net. I gotta combine those at some point. Plug the store. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Teespring store. If you're interested you in some merch from uh, NPR, go check out the Teespring store. We got some cool stuff it's over there. Carpet merch Fest from stuff. NPR, Carpet Fest, EB Morelia, and Rogue Ooh. Reptiles. Like yeah, everything is there. Yep. So check it you out. You could literally have shirts from everything. Like... <laughs> you could have the set. Let's have it all. Complete and we promise, set. I swear to God, I will track down somebody to do a bowling shirt so we can throw that up there for Ari. Like, I'm mad that we haven't gotten that figured out yet. Yeah, so, we, but we do. We suck. But the world kind of ended. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> we still suck as much. We, we, well, oh, no. We, it's oh, no. We suck again. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah I, it, we'll figure it out. Uh, so check if that you out. are somebody. Who wants? If you are an artist who uh, wants to kind of delve in there, we do have several designs that we want to get off the ground uh, and throw up on the Teespring store. If you want to help us out, that's awesome. We might even talk about any kind of like payment. That's cool. If you want to just do it out of the kindness of your heart and to get some publicity, that works for us too. Just reach out to us. Let us know. Um, we'll get definitely get. Uh, those designs fired up um, and throw some stuff over on the Teespring store as soon as we can. Because, yeah. um, you know, just because we might not be having a Northeast Carpet Fest does not mean I'm going to think of some crazy, asinine Northeast Carpet Fest quarantine shirt to put up on the Teespring store. Like, yeah, we need something that... Uh, that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> like a race 2020 or something. I don't know. Something, something's happening. I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. You know, it, it, it'll, it'll just be... It'll be a Carpet Python-looking... It's forlorn out a window, like in a house. Like, yeah, I don't know, but uh, we'll figure it out. But again, if you are an artist who wants to uh, jump on that and give us a hand, just reach out to us at info at moreliapythonradio.net. Yes. So, yeah. No. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Our email is info at moreliapythonradio.com. Oh, I forgot. The website sake. is .net. Are you – Eventually, everything will be dot com. I, I, I hate you because I, I did that so well, and then it was just. I know. I'm sorry. It just. I don't. I'm sorry. Just and then for me, E.B. Morelia, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. My website is ebmorelia.com, and my email is eric at ebmorelia.com. Um, okay. I have my first clutch hatching out. Ooh. Probably. This, in, is this your. Uh, in a couple. The one I J. Yeah, a couple weeks. Uh, GQ M Pen to PC Bell, which is for all you Popwin fans out there, you'll know what I'm. Talking I understood about. none of that. <clears throat> yeah, um, no, they're not ball python morphs though, and they are actual. Okay, good. Pythons. No. I'm glad you clarified that for me. <laughs> um, 
but uh, they should be stellar. I will have uh, some some. Oh, actually, I will have quite a few clutches of uh, IJs or pop wins or whatever you want to call them this year. So uh, cool stuff. <laughs> what, um, that what I have we actually be selling? You know. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, so there's that. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, that's after that you got life. your after that you got your jungles right. Jungles. Oh yeah, gelatins. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, did you forget them? <laughs> it's I like, did. yeah. It's, oh yeah, those. I'm, I'm, um, my fingers are crossed for the diamonds, man. I'm, I'm really yeah, dude. For some diamonds, because I got. Oh, some, that'd be cool. Some reptile caging I need to buy, and that would yeah. be the perfect way to buy it. I gotta pay off some Australia trip. Yeah. Um. So. But that's it. For All right. For, for me, you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. You can also look up rogue reptiles on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, we are rogue underscore reptiles. Uh, give us a follow and a like over there. Apparently, now my Instagram has just degraded into pictures of Mort. So it's. <laughs> oh, Mort. <laughs> he's a very photogenic tortoise. <laughs> this, this is my life now. Anyway, so um, uh, what we will say is uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Yeah.